Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Stan Bush here, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. As we continue our countdown of the top TV series of all time. Today, we are getting down to the final countdown as we look at numbers 25 to the very special number one. Of course, we have assembled the all-star team of GeekCast Radio, starting with one of the co-creators of GeekCast Radio, TFD1 Mike, the man that's more podcast than man. How's it going? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> at this point, I think it's, well, as of last year, it was over 1,200 as of this year, it's probably close to 2,000 or 2,500 podcasts in the last seven years. It's going, it's going. Um, this uh, this countdown of ours has probably been the inter- most interesting one out of the three that we've done. Uh, and it's probably gotten the most, well, I, I know I know it has broken a lot of our website records with comments and stuff, but um, top 25, it's going to be interesting to see what makes up our top 25. Of course, of course. And also joining us is his tag team partner, the other co-creator of Geekcast Radio, Steve Megatron Phillips. How's it going? Yo, it's going pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Coming on the podcast once again are my fellow combatants over at Cinema Geeks, Kevin Optimus Solo, and his better half, Amanda. How are things? Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> you guys actually fight with film reels over there? Wow. Talk about Fight Club. It's digital. We're in the digital world now. <laughs> Uh, also joining us today are another special guest coming back for his second entry into the world of Geekcast Radio. He was so great the first time we had to bring him back again, DJ Valentine. How's it going, man? What would you do if I sang out of tune? I know, we, I talked about one years, we talked about Wonder Years <laughs> last week. You never last, talked about the song. Yeah, sorry. I know, <laughs> I'm really into Wonder I Years actually, for some reason. When I, um, when I promoted... Um, that we were doing this week, or when I promoted the episode last week, I was like, and DJ Valentine has been promoted to a series regular. I was like, I, I got a promotion? This is the best job I've ever not had. <laughs> Increase it in rate, uh, 5% bonus too, but 5% of zero is still zero. That's yeah, I know. I, I, I told my bank, my lawyer that, my banker that, they were just laughing at me like, hey, I got this check, and it has nothing but zeros, nothing but zeros, but that's it. We're but the opposite we- of Mickey Mouse. 
Yeah. <laughs> but before we get to the countdown, do you want to? Because uh, you didn't get a chance last week, so let's do it this week. You want to just give a shout out over what you guys all do at Simplistic Reviews? <laughs> what we do, we do uh, <laughs> organized chaos over at SimplisticReviews.net. It's essentially uh, a take a show that's like well informed and you know got some movie geeks and add a lot of insanity, and that's essentially what we do. Uh, but yeah, I got me and Matthew Stewart and Justin Polizzi. Uh, they uh, run the ship, and I'm essentially sitting in the captain's chair as they uh, <laughs> as they make fun of me behind my back. <laughs> and in front of your back. Just don't wear a red shirt. Yeah. That's all you got to remember. No red shirts. I'm black. Red shirt doesn't even work. Hell, yellow, red, <laughs> blue, I'm black. I'm going to get shot first. It doesn't matter which color shirt I'm in. Oh, damn. I did not think we were going to go that I'm not as pretty as, really? I'm not as, pretty as Uhura. I'm going but, down. <laughs> but if you're being aimed at by a stormtrooper, you're, you're going to get missed. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> uh, for those that have not, if this is the first time you're listening to this, definitely go back and listen to the other countdowns where we're countdown 100 all the way down to 26. And to be clear, because we're getting into the nitty gritty here, just wanted to touch on the rules real quick. We had 29 different people, about 20 different podcasts provide lists. Each of those people ranked shows all the way from 1 to 25 to possibly 100. The higher it was ranked, the more points it received, and then I combined those all and made the final list. I am the only one on the record right now that knows the remaining 25 shows. I hold all the power for once in my life. And I do want to give some some uh, hints of what's coming forward in the sense of this is going to be the closest countdown that we've ever had. The last two, once we got to the top five, was a pretty huge jump. Uh, but to give you an idea uh, of what we have in store, number of points-wise, the difference between number 10 and number 1 is 327 points, but the difference between number 5 and number 1 is 27 points. Ooh. So it was rather close to uh, our top 10 and our top 5 especially. So not at all. <laughs> I think there are a lot of predictable things that are going to happen, but I think there will be some surprises as well. So Anything else before we get this countdown started? I don't know if I'm more anxious to see what has made the top 25 or if I'm more anxious to see what didn't make the countdown at all. <laughs> well, I think I'm overdressed. I'm wearing a tie for some reason. I maybe should take this off. You got well, this not lighting, just a tie. Dude, come on now. <laughs> I'll wear anything but a tie. <laughs> Let's get this countdown started. 25. All righty. Well, coming in in the world of number 25, we're talking about one of today's biggest shows. As in number 25, we have The Walking Dead. With 902 points, this is the first show to break the 900-point barrier. It was on 14 lists. It's highest ranked as number five by two separate people. I'll start actually with Amanda here, because Amanda, you had this in your top 10 as well. It's falling here at number 25. What are your thoughts on where it's falling? Is it too high? Is it not high enough? What, what, do, you, what do you think? Being that I had number seven, I think that it should be higher just to make me look better. But I do think it's <laughs> it's it's got such a craze, such a following behind it. I mean, it's got video games. It's even got the, the Talking Dead. So it's got another show that talks about the show right after it comes on. What other show has a show that talks about it? I mean, I don't I don't know why it's it's falling so low, but I'm just glad it's in, in the top twenty five. Uh, Kevin, you actually had this on the other end end of the top fifty eighty one. So. Are you at the under, other end of this and thinking maybe it's a little bit too high and more of the what is, what's in the now syndrome we've been seeing? I think it's a little bit of in the now syndrome because I don't think 
this might be one that, you know, you do the list 10, 15 years from now, it shows up quite this high. And that's not just because more shows will be out by then. Um, me personally, I ranked it just because it is something that is very popular. A lot of people talk about it. It does have, you know, that presence to it. Me personally, I'm not a huge zombie fan, so I have no experience with the show. So uh, unlike some people, I haven't seen every TV show that's ever aired. So I <laughs> I, I couldn't rank this one too high based on that. Uh, DJ, this was not on your list, but any thoughts on The Walking Dead? Uh, I'm kind of in a uh, kind of a tumultuous relationship with The Walking Dead right now. <laughs> it's kind of like that that girl that you dated and then he cheated on you with, uh, I guess, with the governor. And then, you you know, but no, I, I think after the governor season, I was kind of like, I'm, I'm going to take a break from the show. Because one, I'm not a big horror guy. Matthew Stewart on our show, he's kind of the horror wing of the of the show. Uh, so I got into this for the first couple seasons. And I really liked it. It introduced me to John Barenthal. I, I really liked the show. But around that governor storyline, it's kind of when I started to wane on liking it. And I know it doesn't matter what I think. This show is a absolute monster when it comes to ratings. I mean, the Talking Dead show is getting higher ratings than regular shows. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, That's I, the power I, of Chris Hardwick, though. Come on. Chris Hardwick is apparently Jesus Christ. But, uh, yeah, um, the, the show is it's it kind of lost my interest but i i it doesn't need me that show is going to be on the air for 75 years when there's, there's gonna be cockroaches and the walking dead show is going to be airing when after the nuclear apocalypse in the future and twins. yeah it's one of the few shows on tv right now that can like legitimately compete with nfl on a sunday night which is insane oh, yeah. yeah which is it's crazy just, it, the numbers if i mean it keeps going up even the season that i did not like where it kind of got a little monotonous it, this, the ratings were still like ridiculous, so it doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> I, I do watch The Walking Dead. I I do kind of think this is a little too high. I had it at seventy three, so I had it a, a much lower. Mostly because I feel like there are times when I love the show. It's like edge of your seat excitement. I'm like, this is like I have to watch the next episode. But then there are times that just drive me insane. I'm like, why are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> and that was most of the first season like the pilot for example is awesome it's a great yeah, episode yeah, great pilot great pilot. and it kind of goes downhill and then it, like it has these peaks and valleys it has some amazing characters and then some characters i can't stand though i did get rid read of most of them it's interesting you said you started you stopped after the governor season because i feel like it actually got better that season yeah, that's what my that. sister keeps telling me and i i, I kind of took it i really like frank darabont and they kind of kicked him to the curb really unceremoniously and that also kind of pissed me off and i was like well I got this other show, Mr. Robot, on. Maybe I'll just focus on You must on really that. hate Game of Thrones, then. <laughs> uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Is, uh, this is, I, I, we talked about it on my show, and I was like, uh, you know, last season, I know everybody loved last season, but I'm like, look, J J George R. R. Martin, if this keeps happening where good people die and bad people win, <laughs> I'm going to move on to something else, because it seems like I'm predicting everything. I'm like, oh, I like that guy. I guarantee you he's going to die in the next five seconds. So, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's so I, I can definitely see why it's just I'm actually kind of surprised it's not hired, to be honest with you. Uh, so I, I again, it's one of those shows I feel like, well, no one will be happy where we ranked it. But I actually have Sling TV right now so I can watch The Walking Dead. So that's mm. <laughs> partially because my wife likes it as well. But it's the only reason I own that channel and watch the ESPN, too. But that's besides the point. But uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it has its place. But uh, anything else on The Walking Dead before we move on to the next in the countdown? All righty. Well, next in the countdown, we're actually getting to a spot we've yet to be, and I'm actually kind of surprised it took this long to get here. 24. It took us 76 shows to get here, but we're finally getting our first medical drama as in number 24. We have ER, or ER, with 925 <laughs> points on 14 lists, as highest ranked as number 8. 
Uh, Kevin, I'll start with you here as you had it at number eight. Are, are you surprised it took this long to get on medical drama? And what are your thoughts on seeing ER fall at number 24? Well, I mean, I know, again, that Mike's upset that another show is not in this spot, but uh, <laughs> I think Er is uh, is definitely deserving of being in the top 25. I think this is definitely a clear example of, again, I, I'm going to stop saying this after this time, but if you did this list Liar. 10 years <laughs> ago, if you did this list 10 years ago, this would be easily probably top 10 uh, of this list. This was such a huge show for that time period. It was on for so long. It was critically acclaimed it had ratings it had you know stuff people talked about it had so many different actors come and go that were so notable whether for their tv career their movie career i mean for this show to be on for 15 seasons was kind of crazy now me personally when i was uh, growing up in the 90s and in high school and in college i actually preferred the other medical drama of the same time period chicago hope Hmm. but that was just because of uh, one of the major actors from Chicago Hope and, and how much I loved him. Uh, but ER definitely had the longer staying power and the more critical acclaim. So I am not surprised this is in our top 25. I thought it might be a tiny bit higher, but it's hard to predict. Hard to predict. Uh, Mike, you also had this on your list. So what are your thoughts on ER? Goose lives! Goose lives! <laughs> no, he doesn't. Technically, <laughs> spoiler alert, he doesn't. <laughs> Stop it. Um, there's two things I remember about this show. The fact that Anthony Edwards was one of the stars, and then at some point or another, George Clooney took over. Um, this essentially launched, really, Clooney's stardom. Or it, it pretty much pushed it over the edge. his mother could give him a... Uh... A booster of an additional 120 every two hours. That's right. But she was uncertain as to uh, how much diluted you originally placed in the machine. It was empty when uh, Detective Brannigan examined it a few minutes ago. Mr. Sullivan. I dedicated my life to pediatric medicine. And cared for dozens of dying kids. Kids in agony, pain. You and I can't even imagine. Ricky Abbott was gonna die. Not in a month, or a week, or a day, in hours. And nothing I did or, or could have done was gonna change that. His mother had already watched one son die from the disease, and she was sitting there watching her second son die in a horrible death from something that she passed on to him. Sometimes it's impossible to save a kid's life, and the only thing we can do is save them from suffering. Leave them with a little dignity. In the end, that's all they have. Tell me, were, were you relieving the, uh, the child's suffering, or were you relieving your own? If you were so certain you were doing the right thing, why didn't you administer the uh, lethal dose yourself? You know, like... 
like Kevin said, I, you know, I wasn't even into Chicago Hope. I don't think I was into a lot of medical dramas in the 90s. I mean, I was, you know, I was watching ER, but it's a show that I'm going to have to revisit, just like I said in the very beginning of the countdown, either the first or the second episode where I had to, re- where I had to revisit Scrubs. And we'll talk about Scrubs in the finale next week, but... Um, <laughs> hold on, here we go. Let's not see we do. Uh, uh, ER, I mean, you can't deny that that show, if, and I know I say this a lot, just like Kevin says, you know, the acclaim and everything else, and if this countdown was done, blah, 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 but if it wasn't for ER, we wouldn't have stuff like uh, Grey's Anatomy and, and all that, all the other medical dramas that have come after it. There were, there were, there were medical shows that came before ER, no, no, no doubt, and some maybe that are deserving of this list that may, maybe not make it, but it definitely revitalized that genre along with Chicago Hope, as Kevin pointed out. But I think, too, having the back, backing of Michael Crichton, and it also started off with one of the best pilot episodes ever. If you actually just watch the pilot of ER, it could be its, its own movie, especially the its use of language, and I know that was a big deal at the time, how they didn't really dumb down the language and spoke in like authentic lingo and things like that. So, and also the characters were good. Like Noel, Noel Riley was always my favorite character in the R. I just, I loved his journey is also, you know, he stayed with the show for such a long time, but uh, I, I agree with Kevin that this, I had this at number 11 on my list. So I thought it would be a little higher. I'm glad it's in the top 25. I'm glad it's on the list. At least yeah. we do get one medical drama. But I think uh, the other thing that this show really did well, that a lot of shows fail at is not just reinventing itself, but reinventing the cast. Yeah. And they seem to be able to do that without without missing a step. Like, yeah, you probably had some people that might have dropped off that were big this person fan or that person fan. But it was really able to kind of do a revolving door of cast members without losing the feel and the atmosphere of the show. Definitely, definitely. And DJ, you also had this on your list as well, I believe. Any thoughts on ER? I, I watched this. There was two major, like, I don't want to say, uh, maybe bad to call it procedural shows, but... Law and Order and ER essentially were like staples, you know. ER came on Thursday nights at ten, and I used to watch it. I I remember the Quentin Tarantino. This is one of the few uh, TV shows Quentin Tarantino directed an episode. I remember that. Uh, Eric LaSalle. Uh, this is one of the first time I've heard like the F word, though they didn't. They kind of bleeped it, but they didn't. There's a scene later where a certain Top Gun actor is suffering from a certain ailment, and he uh, falls out of bed. And he says like the F word, and I, I don't think they, at least they let him say it. And I was like the first time I ever said. I remember when that episode happened, they had like an advisory on there. And I think they may have done it just for that moment. But it, ER is a great show. I mean, it, other than everybody just remembers it for Clooney, but more all the actors are on there. Maura Tierney, Gloria Rubin. There's a, a Stanley Tucci came on there for a season or two. Uh, they're just great actors, great performances, great stories. Uh, Michael Crichton, John Wells. It's, it's a great show. The, yeah. the it also has probably like TV milestone as far as an episode goes, as you know, you think about like the mash finale or stuff like that. But yeah. I think the episode where, um, spoiler alert for ER, do I have to say that? But spoiler, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> where spoiler alert. um Anthony Edwards dies. Uh, uh, see, I was tap dancing around it. You just went right into the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was an episode that just was like. I don't know. It was groundbreaking. It seemed like at the time it was just like earth shaking. I don't know. It was, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts on ER? I mean, I had it 17 on my list. I think it's definitely um, one of the greats um, in, in that, that genre. Um, 
I I don't remember a ton of specific episodes. I, I watched it with like my mom and my grandma, so I, I don't think that um I was in an age where it, I maybe was appropriate for me to watch it. I remember seeing an episode with where this guy was actually like going through withdrawals, and I think that that hit me pretty hard. Um, so I mean, I think it was a powerful show. Um, like you guys said, you know, awesome cast, um, full body cast. It wasn't the same characters all the time, um, and or you know, over time. And I think that it um, it definitely spawned my love for even like House and things like that. So great, great pick here. And Paul McCrane uh, from RoboCop, you probably remember him on RoboCop. Uh, he, he had this thing happening where him and helicopters didn't get along. Uh, spoiler alert: he this one season where his arm gets cut off by a helicopter blade, and then a helicopter falls on him. <laughs> so that was also very funny. <laughs> There's a lot of just <laughs> weird things that happen on this show, but it it ran for so long, it could run the gamut of drama and funny and romantic at the same time. Twenty three. All right, so next up on the list is uh, in our number 23 spot is a show I wasn't sure was going to make the countdown, but I know there are legions of fans that will be happy that it did. Coming up next is Doctor Who with 943 points. It was on 14 lists, all the way up at number two on one individual's list. So obviously there are billions of Doctor Who fans out there. DJ, will they be happy or will they be upset with us putting it here at number 23? This is going to probably restart the Revolutionary War that Doctor Who they're going to start we're going to start pouring tea into the ocean. No, no. Doctor Who is is it the longest running TV show of all time? I don't know the records here. I, I can't remember. I, I'm assuming it is because my mother wasn't alive when Doctor Who came out, so some of this program probably has a beat somewhere. Yeah, and and uh, and, and I started getting into it because I was never a huge Doctor Who fan at all, and because uh, you know I'm American. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly my feeling on it. <laughs> but I know I have a lot of I have a lot of family from England, and they're like, "Why aren't you watching Doctor Who?" And I'm like, I, "I'm American." And he's like, "Okay, watch it." Well, and I love and I I was a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of BBC Television anyway, but I I love Peter Capaldi, so I got into the newer Doctor Who and. I, I've seen a lot of episodes like I've seen a lot of episodes of T David Tennant. I skipped Matt Smith. I wasn't a Matt Smith fan, but the, the show is it's almost like how do you even talk about it? There's like sixty years of I, I, I'm I'm overestimating, but there's so many years of television for Doctor Who. It's a staple. It's probably one of the most anyway? iconic characters in te television history. So I'm the Doctor. I'm a time lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Casterbarus. I'm 903 years old, and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. You got a problem with that? No. In that case, Alonzi. And it's weird. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's it's delightfully weird, which is it's great. It's no there's no other show out there. That's like Doctor Who, and it's never going to be a show like Doctor Who, so it's uh, it's great. I probably think it, uh, just for the longevity's sake, the history's sake, the actors who have gone in and out of that show, it should have probably been higher, uh, but we don't like the British people, apparently. So, no, it's going to be low. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is one of those that uh, I, this is an example of one of the shows where it's a show that I don't necessarily have to like, 
or I have to have seen a bunch of episodes, but I still ranked it. I didn't rank it very high. I had it at number 71 mm-hmm. just because of the 26 plus years and, and all of the, you know, cult following that it has. I've tried to watch this probably seven or eight times. I've seen, you know, nine, 10 episodes and I just have not enjoyed a single one of them yet. So maybe I'm just watching the wrong episodes, but have you watched the tenant ones? The tenant ones are really, really good. I've watched a few of the tenant ones. I've watched, I've, I've probably seen three different doctors and I have had roommates that are obsessed with it. And we went to their wedding and it was, they Dr. had a doctor who themed wedding. Of course. Uh, our friend, uh, our friend, Nate from uh, weekend at the movies and, and, you know, cinema geeks, but uh, I just can't get into it. I don't find it entertaining. It's just not my style of thing. So, uh, but I do recognize that it does belong somewhere in the top 100. Mike, you were going to say something? Our good buddy Michael Powers has this rule of give a TV show at least five episodes. If it doesn't grab you by then, then just I give it, it in your pile. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just saying that's his rule. But you're a doctor. I tried, <laughs> I tried three episodes from four different doctors of the current series. I just, it's too damn British for me. <laughs> I just can't get America. into it. That's America! That's right. America, fuck yeah! We're, we're alienating everybody. I'm just canceling all of my sonic screwdrivers. I was going to send you guys in a care package, and now I'm on my phone here. So just continue. Don't mind me. I'm just canceling. But Mike, do you think it even even if you don't necessarily get into it, do you think it deserves a spot somewhere in the top one hundred? It deserves a spot in the top one hundred. I, I I think half of the, if not half, or the ninety five percent of the fandom is going to send a bunch of Daleks after all of us for only hey. having it at twenty three. <laughs> no, I'm just hey, I'm just saying. At least how you understand fandom... the references. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I see the toy crap all the time. So yeah, yeah, and besides, one of our other buddies, Michael Dodd, he loves his screwdrivers. Oh, and okay. well, and then we have we have uh, Mark Hoos as well. That yeah, that's uh, so. <laughs> they're um, they're not going to be too happy with this. Well, well I would I would think, think as a network when we have a podcast dedicated to Doctor Who that it would probably make our top one hundred list. But uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on on its well, merits of being where it's at? Personally, I don't get into the show. Like it's not uh, like I'm 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 more so like the Star Trek realm of sci-fi, like, this is, this is a little odd to me, but, like, I don't generally get into British television either, but I do feel that it does deserve a place in the top 100 because of, uh, the longevity of it, the fact that, um, just, you know, all the same reasons that you guys have mentioned already, but it's, there's, there's gotta be something to it that it's gotten this cult following, you know, over the years, and, and the fact that it keeps reinventing itself and staying fresh, yeah, and, so, the, and the writing is very good on that. For a show like that to last that long, it 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 it, it just has to get something. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's not like a flash in the pan. This isn't like American Idol where it's a fad. This show has lasted several great actors, and the writing. I mean, for as weird as it is, the episodes I've just caught some episodes that were very very deep, and I was like, "Wow, that was really emotional." Why am I tearing up in a <laughs> a show about a guy that gets in a blue telephone booth and goes back in time I'm, I'm tearing up but no i mean i can i can understand it it might alienate some people who don't watch bbc or channel four or whatever but it's still iconic and it's not it's not going anywhere anytime soon either no no so it's gonna be on for a while amanda worthy of top 100 i actually had er right above this on my list so i had er at 17 and this at 18 um i really have 
been kind of overwhelmed with the amount, so I haven't been able to get into the show, but I mean, I've, I've only heard good things, so this might warrant me um, catching up on some of it. All right, well, we'll have to hope that Dan can find his way to that phone booth at some point to, uh, <laughs> to join us, but until then, let's move on to the next number in the countdown. The dogs captured him. <laughs> Exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> 22. All right, coming in at number 22, another show that I think has somewhat of a cult following and the show that's going to be coming back into the forefront and people might start talking about it again here real soon. Number 22 is The X-Files with 979 points on 16 lists. So that's a lot of lists to be on. That's uh, well over half of the list. And Amanda... I believe you had this at the highest out of everybody. What do you think of the X-Files coming in one spot ahead of Doctor Who? Um, I'm glad it beat out Doctor Who, but I think it's horseshit so low. I have this at number six. Um, This is one of the pivotal moments in my childhood that made me realize that's not something here every day x-files was the pivotal moment of my childhood (laughs) it made me realize i'm super into sci-fi and the most creepy stuff that you can see um there was a lot of stuff that disturbed me uh but there was also a lot that intrigued me i remember these like mutated inbred things that um at one point that i had no idea what they were and they were like hiding in these people's houses and like killing them and having mutated babies and it it just disturbed the crap out of me but i i had to to watch it 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 sucked me in so much and and kind of opened that realm for me into the you know the supernatural sci-fi all right so you would like it to be higher yeah dj higher lower or right where it's at uh, I'd probably, I mean, for my generation, I think it's right where it needs to be. And I, I was a big fan of the X-Files. I kind of fell off when Robert Patrick showed up. But, uh, it, it, it saddens me because I, I, as much as everybody loved this show, this is a, one of those other shows that if people may not remember was a phenomenon. Like you, it was everywhere. People were making jo- David Letterman's making jokes about it in his monologue. Uh, it saddens me that the show is so great and the movies are so God awfully bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fight the future wasn't that. Oh man, for the build up the show was giving me. I was like, they're gonna pay off everything. The cigarette smoking man, they're gonna pay off everything. No, we're not gonna pay off anything. Okay, we'll make a sequel ten years later. We're gonna know it's about decapitations. All right, no, all right, no aliens. All right, fine. What about his sister? Uh, I just yeah, that, that's just me, my, my personal bias. But no, X Files is another one of those shows. I think it should be right where it is. There, I, just because of the the longevity of television in general, but X-Files was uh, one of the shows. It got me through college, essentially. <laughs> I was watching that show like every night. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Mike, what do you think about X-Files? I think it's a really interesting show. I think it's a good show. I prefer Briscoe over it, though. Wow. <laughs> Bruce and Campbell. you're alone on that notion. <laughs> I had it ranked at number 47, so I had it a little bit lower. I still had it in the top 50. I think it's one that was so popular and had such a following, but it almost seems like it had had been somewhat forgotten for a little while there. Obviously now it's coming back and people are talking about it again and revisiting. So I think it's, you know, getting back into the now a little bit, but you know, nine seasons, it had multiple awards. It was rated high. It had a cult, you know, fan following. So I think it kind of hits every part that you want it to hit on, especially for the genre and, and for its uniqueness. Um, so I, I think it has a lot of things going for it, and it definitely warrants a place. I can see it definitely being in the top 25. Steve, agree or disagree? 
I I mean I agree. I I'm not a fan of the show, but I did I did watch some of it, and I have given it you know more than one chance. But it's I I get I totally get why there's a following for it. it it's definitely had not only a long life with it and multiple movies, and then now it's got the revival. So it's it's definitely deserving of a top twenty five. It's got the revival. It's also over at IDW had a series, multiple series of comic books. Uh, they've done season ten. They actually did the X Files meets Transformers for one issue. Oh lord! That no, <laughs> dude, that was awesome. What a weird combination. <laughs> they did X Files uh, and Transformers crossover. They did X Files and Ghostbusters crossover. They did a whole bunch of different X Files crossover things with with the other properties, and it was just really, really cool. And hey, you know, for all those fans that love the show back in the day, and it's coming back, good for them. Fox Mulder. I am Optimus Prime. <laughs> there we go. Well, even though Dan didn't find Give me your face! <laughs> give me your face! That's really weird for me to say that, but give me your face. <laughs> That's a terrible moment. Anyways, uh, even though Dan didn't find the telephone booth, maybe Scully and Mulder will help uh, bring him back to the countdown after this. 21. Well, in true X-Files fashion, I have reappeared as we count down to number 21. Coming in at number 21 is a show we actually talked about not too long ago when we talked about ER, and it's another procedural show, but a procedural cop show, as in coming in at number 21, we have Law and Order. With 992 points, just barely below that 1,000-point barrier, it was on 14 lists, as highest ranked as number three by none other than Amanda. Uh, so, Amanda, let's start with you here. Your number three is going down, and I know your number six went down with X-Files, so I don't know if we have a personal agenda against you. I'm not sure, but... What are your thoughts? You guys are killing me. Killing I know. Me. Hey, at least they're making the list. Yeah, I was gonna say, at least my shit's making it, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Law and Order? I think that it was so iconic. It it uh, spawned SVU, Criminal Minds, Criminal, Criminal Intent, whatever. It's it's, it's got five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's still on today. It's still relevant today. It 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 addresses things that are are in the now in um in a a state of mind that we're all in. So it's not something that um is lost on what's going on that you can't connect with it. I think that um, the characters, everybody knows the characters, everybody knows the theme song. Um, uh, it's got the Lumiere, you know, from Beauty and the Beast. I mean, how can you not Lumiere. love that? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I definitely grew up watching this with my family, and um, I, I really do like SVU, too. That's also um, on my list, and I don't know if that's going to show up or not. Probably not, because this one's showing up now. Um, I, I just... I really liked it. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on Law and Order? Mm-hmm. Uh, Law and Order, this show. <laughs> you know, we talked earlier you watch about yourself, Mike, no, X Files. No, I love this show. Shut up. <laughs> you better love it. No, we talked better love earlier. It. Shut up. I, I knew we talked. I knew earlier. Mike was going to go bananas okay. over this. We talked earlier about how ER did a masterful job of interchanging their cast. Law and Order did that too. Law and Order had Jerry Orbach as Lenny Briscoe, had um, Jer- Jesse L. Martin as Ed Green. You then bring in Chris Noth, Benjamin Bratt. Bring Benjamin Bratt. You bring him in. Jesse L. Martin, baby. That's I just said, Fred I, Ed Green. Um, and that goes to 
our point last week with Flash. You know, he, he's essentially playing the same character, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, Law and Order. I mean, just just watch specifically for Jerry Orbach as as Lenny Briscoe. That character to me was one of the best characters between him and Sam Waterston as Jack McCoy. Oh, those two. You know, Jerry on the cop side and 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 Jack on the um, on the law side was just amazing. And like Amanda said, you know, it spawned SVU, which is still going. It spawned Criminal Intent. Think about this for a moment, folks. Criminal Intent stars Vincent D'Onofrio, who is now Kingpin, yep. who the very first thing I ever saw him in before Full Metal Jacket, he played Thor in Adventures in Babysitting. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. But it also... Law Order has a sad kind of tragedy thing about it when it comes to Jerry Orbach, sadly, because they brought Lenny back for trial by jury, yeah. and trial by jury didn't exactly go over too well. Yeah. And then I think shortly after that kind of failed for NBC, he passed away. Um, but the characters in the show, the stories in the show, I know everybody for the SVU side of it was pissed when Maloney left. Pissed me off. But that show has only gotten better. With putting Mariska in, in in the forefront as the star, and just the sheer amount of the original show that is there, even after you know the original show before it ended its its run uh, of new episodes, you had Jack promoted, and you had um, <laughs> Bruce Wayne from Batman Begins. You had Linus Roach as Michael Cutter, Thomas Wayne. But yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, Thomas Wayne. Sorry, uh, you know, but. Law and Order was absolutely amazing. What gets me about that show is the very first few seasons. You have Paul Sorvino as one of the cops. <laughs> oh my god! You get the one of the guys from Goodfellas as one of the cops in Law and Order. That's just amazing. Uh, Kevin, this is also was in your top ten at number five. So, thoughts on seeing it fall here? I mean, I ranked it probably a little bit higher than I I should have. Um, I, there's two things about Law and Order. Number one, I don't think there's ever been a show that has been watched more in reruns than Law and Order. <laughs> no, no, zero. I think TNT is like its entire like. It's on days. right now. <laughs> it is. And, and and you know, last episode DJ talked about how. Family Guy was one of those that you could come home from the bar in college and watch and, you know, just relax with your buddies until you passed out. Law and Order was the show that was on in between every single class that you had or anytime you had a lunch break or an afternoon break. Like, it didn't matter when you got back to your dorm or apartment, you could turn on and it was the beginning of a Law and Order episode somehow. It could have been like... It could have been like 17 minutes past the hour and somehow a new Law & Order was starting. So you could always watch one. And they also perfected TNT or TBS or whatever channel it was airing. They perfected the, the, the strategic television move, which I don't think had ever been done prior to this, it doesn't seem like, where the one episode was hardly even over. And they would give you the intro to the next episode without going yep. commercial break <laughs> to keep you there. We're going to jam this law and order down your throat. <laughs> and you never could get out of your chair to stop watching. It's like, I'll watch as soon as it's over, but another one immediately begins. So <laughs> like I think it's definitely the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely deserves to be in the top 100. It's, it was slightly high on my list. I think it's somewhat 
in the right spot for where it where it comes out. I could see the argument from some people to maybe make it a little bit lower, but twenty years it it definitely uh, left its mark. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on Law and Order? Uh, not much other than what's already been said. I I do agree though that it should be in the top top one hundred for sure. It's it's one of the I think it's longest running cop procedural. Could yeah, how many shows went, went 20 years? It's you know, it, it honestly didn't get a huge amount of award acclaim. It, it got some in 1997 for a standing drama series, but it, it wasn't necessarily you know, award machine per se. But uh, DJ, any thoughts before we move on to the next in the countdown? Oh man, god, what did I say about Law and Order? It's it's so much of a staple of television, it's like the news. <laughs> because it's on every day. <laughs> I can see it every day. Rips from the headlines. Rip from the he- it was the first time I've ever heard the term rip from the headlines. It's like, hey, I remember that was actually on the news and now they're doing a show about it. And the guy would come on in the criminal justice system. The people are represented by two separate but equally important groups. And when that, start- when that starts happening, I'm like, oh, I just lay back <laughs> in my chair, flip my feet up. I'm not going to move for about 17 hours because TNT has no other programming and I just sit back and watch Law & Order. So, it was, yeah, Law & Order is essentially... It, it again we're getting to the nitty-gritty right here where shows that are again on all the time and there's been three great jacks in my life jack bauer jack bristow jack Boy, man. sam warderson's <laughs> awesome i mean i think they i think aaron sorkin knew how to use them a little bit better but sam warderson man he's awesome he's one of the one of the great television lawyers that you ever see this people talk about matlock Sam Warson was great. You trusted the guy. He was almost like, oh, this Jack's on the case. He'll, he'll figure it out. He'll figure out <laughs> how to get this. Here. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's a great show. All right. Well, there's always those shows with a countdown, and I think next one's going to be the one that's probably debated about the most for a variety of reasons. 20. All right. Well, coming in at number 20, well, a certain bias strikes again, and that, of course, is our relatively well-known superhero Ooh. bias. As coming in at number 20, we have daredevil it ryan's top 10 is really going out the window <laughs> <laughs> it, it was on 16 lists it was on, on quite a few lists it is the first show to break the thousand point barrier with 1029 points highest ranked as number two so it was number two for one person uh dj i think i'll start with you on on, on this one because i remember waiting to see daredevil and seeing your tweets about it and thinking i need to watch the show because based <laughs> on what dj's saying it's probably the best thing in the history of everything ever of, so. of, 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 man no no <laughs> i was just happy because um I, i'm a kid of comic books uh so when avengers came out i was you know this is the greatest thing ever my, my childhood in front of me uh so when they said they were going to make an agents of shield show I was like, great, they're going to use it almost like the AAA, and they're going to call up people, and they're going to do stuff, and they're going to have, you know, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was hampered by the first season, they didn't do what I wanted them to do. Daredevil does everything I wanted a Marvel television show to do. One, it pulls absolutely no punches. And two, even if if you include the movie, the television shows in the movies, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is the best Marvel villain. It's, it's between him and Loki right now. It's between him, Loki, and Purple Man are probably the best villains you're going to see. And that's including the Red Skull and Ultron and anything you see in the movies. You're, and it's not just he's an awesome villain. He's a well-fleshed-out villain. In a show that we're probably going to talk about later uh, called The Wire, maybe? Perhaps? I don't know if it's on the list. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were saying, oh, this is... Uh, uh, people were up in arms because they were saying Daredevil's creators say they're comparing their show to The Wire. And they're not saying in terms of quality, in terms of storytelling that they were referring to, where you're getting to see two people 
fight for the the, the love of the city. And I, I just love how they, they got the tone of the Daredevil comics right, because I used to read those religiously. It's just a good, solid show. And again, you don't really have to be a comic book fan to appreciate it. it and that's why uh, the show that just came out this weekend, uh, Jessica Jones, same thing. It's just, you don't, it, it may have powers in it, but just like how The Dark Knight is like heat, but with Batman in it, uh, Daredevil is the wire with, with uh, Daredevil. It's a great show, great performance by Vincent D'Onofrio. And uh, uh, Char- uh, what's his name? Um, Charlie I forget. Cox. Cox, yeah. I, I had my reservations about him, but he completely wins you over in the first the first scene he has. You're like, oh, that, that's Matt Murdock. I, I, I buy him. I completely am into this world. It's a great show. I mean, it may be super high on this list because it's so of it being new but I, if you're not going to hear an argument from me <laughs> i'm gonna back away uh there's two two things with daredevil that i suggest first of all everybody should at least try it it's only one season that you have to try for now but well obvious i'm saying i know we're getting season two next year but i'm saying the two episodes that i recommend everybody at least watch once oh, yeah. episode eight shadows in the glass yep. And episode 10, Nelson versus Murdoch, because those are the origins of the Kingpin in, in, in Shadows in the Glass and how Foggy and, and Matt uh, met up and whatever in college. I remember when this first was announced and first was like, oh, it's coming to Netflix. And again, I'll reference our, our buddy Mike Dodd from This Week in Geek. He mentioned on Twitter, he's like, oh, got to wait till 3 a.m. to watch Daredevil. All right, I'm up. Who else is up? Who else is going to marathon the whole show the first night, the first morning? And I'm like, yeah, I'll make my way through it, but I'm not going to sit there for 13 hours watching the show. Um, I watched the show. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, The one thing that I actually did a double take on is, oh my God, it's Fulton from the Mighty Ducks. Holy crap. And he's good. (laughs) And he's good. He's awesome. Steve, question for you. This is you know, obviously not the first superhero show we saw, not surprisingly. Uh, but looking at the ones so far, we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then we had Arrow, then we had Flash, and now Daredevil. Do you feel we got that order right? Actually, I believe so. I, I don't... Well, we've also had Batman 66 in there, but... Ah, yeah, um, true, true. But I, I definitely think that they've gone in the right order as far as quality and of content and what's being represented as far as those superhero because i know that there's a superhero bias no matter what i'm one of the guilty parties here even though daredevil is not per se my cup of tea i'm still more of a fan of the flash but i will say that what daredevil has going for it is the strong cast of the villain which your show's only generally as good as your villain that goes for anything really and uh the 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 tones and, and the quality that they've managed to capture with the show have kind of hit that bar a little bit higher as far as the quality for superhero shows, which makes it because like you look at Agents of Shield and and I've talked about this on Alter Geek with Mike Powers and we were talking about the fact that you know the the colors and the the backgrounds the reason why everything's in shadows and kind of in the dark is because it looks cheap when you get a good shot of something. And then it, it kind of continues, like, kind of down the line. It gets better quality as you, you know, the same order that we're going with the top 100. Each show gets a better quality than the previous one. And, and I think that that trend is kind of why this landed where it did on the list. Why don't we start with what we know, then? You were found in your apartment with one Daniel Fisher. Who appears to be the victim of a homicide and 
Currently, you're the only suspect, Miss Page. Who the hell are you guys? I'm Matt. He's Foggy. Who sent you? Nonsense. So what? You're just a couple of good Samaritans? Today's just my lucky day? I've bribed the desk sergeant with a box of cigars for his mom. Our practice is relatively young, Miss Page, and we are aggressively pursuing new clientele. You gotta stop giving best cigars. She likes to smoke, man. It's a free country. How long have you been practicing law? Time's it. It's 12.22 a.m. About seven hours. To your point, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is just getting its good villain yeah. now with, with Ward, I think. They never really had a major villain, but Daredevil, from the word go, per, same thing with Jessica Jones, from the word go, has, and Flash, from the word go, has strong strong villains you got uh reverse flash you got uh kill grave you got kingpin shield didn't have that yet arrow had uh, uh slade wilson so they if you, you're right if you st if you make the hero have a complete equal opposite on the other side your show will grow shield never had that until maybe like right now well shield has has been hindered because of the films and i think because yeah. season three the way that it started playing out season three is when it's actually started getting good same reason gotham gotham was crap during season one i felt in season two it actually has gotten better but it's again because the villains have been stronger and have been more prominent it's made that the heroes have to actually step up and so the each show like you know we've we've mentioned has gotten better with with quality and it's it's funny because it takes a netflix show to destroy the rest <laughs> uh i mean i'll start with you i'll move to here you, you did not rank daredevil and my question is to you i know we talked about we've obviously have a superhero bias but do you think daredevil is actually one of the shows that maybe deserves to be on the top 100 even though it may be on extraordinarily way too high you know, I, I was kind of torn on this, so I just I just left it off. I, I was like, is it too soon? It's got the one season. I know a, a lot of people like it. I, I don't think I went as bananas for it as everybody else did. I don't even think I saw the last what, episode or, or something like that. Kevin was um, getting through it for a show, and I was just kind of playing along for the ride here. And um, I saw most of it. I think I took a couple of naps in the middle there. But I think that um, Vincent D'Onofrio, he scared me since um, he was in Men in Black. Egger, your skin is hanging off your balls. <laughs> yeah, the Egger suit. So um, I think that it, it, he didn't have to do much to freak me out and convince me that he was a villain in the first place. Um, I was totally vested in his character, and I thought that um, he, he was great. And um, that might be the only thing that's setting it apart for me from the movies. Like you said, it's, it's an even better um, villain than, than they've had. So I think it's definitely um, a good quality show among the ranks of the superhero shows. And I do think it's it's fitting in this place above the others. Uh, Kevin, any thoughts on Daredevil? Uh, I'll be very brief. Number one, I agree with Steve that we got the shows in the right order, even if some of them maybe should not have been on the list. They're still in the right order. Number two, if you want to hear in-depth discussion on this one, DJ and myself were on an episode of In Session Film that we yes. talked about this for at least an hour, I believe. 17 hours. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a long episode. That's what happens when people bring me on their show. Uh, <laughs> number three, whoever on the website 
on the comments said that Vincent D'Onofrio was bad at Kingpin. You're out of your mind. You're crazy. And number four, I will let the 200 comments that we're going to get about this web, about this episode appearing uh, on the website, do the rest of the talking. And a third of those (laughs) comments are going to be based on it's too new. A third of those comments are going to be about it being superhero show. And a third of those comments are going to be about the one season argument. So I'll just let the debate continue (laughs) there. That is true, and that is funny because you know that's going to come up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I think you, if if there is one superhero show out of all of them that we had to pick to make the countdown, this is probably the most deserving, even if it is new. Yeah, you like me actually had it at one hundred, so we both lockstep in with, with this one, and it was the only I ranked because I did want to have at least one superhero show on my list, and I think it's no doubt is way too high. I mean, I mean, looking at the history of television, is it, is it deserving of this? No. I mean, come on now. I mean, I love the show. It's a great show. Uh, I even still like it more than Jessica Jones, which is another great show, which I watched way too much of over the weekend, but it was a good time and I enjoyed it. It, it did at least, I think, set a new bar for what we can do with, with Marvel in general. And actually has me way more excited for Marvel Netflix stuff than anything else. Like I'm like, ah, you know what? You could stop making the movies and just do the Netflix stuff. And I think I'd be okay. So, <laughs> the one cool thing about Daredevil, uh, Joe Reed from Off the Cuff and Geek Stuff Garagecast, and I did a season pass on this on Remote Control. Outside of the actual show and its content and its characters and its episodes, the coolest thing Netflix did is how they captioned it. They actually have a setting for blind people to watch this show, and <clears throat> it's just. Watching it the way, that way, because I am technically legally blind, even though I'm not blind, I'm classified that way, but I have a few blind friends, and just turning that setting on and watching it that way is just, it's a whole new experience for the show. Interesting. They have that in a lot of things. Well, it was the first one that I noticed on Netflix. Wait, all right, any other thoughts before we move on to number our, our next in the countdown? Can't wait for second season. Second season's got John <laughs> Barenthal. It's going to be great. All righty. Yeah, definitely. Looks great. Looks great. All right. For our next in the countdown, we're getting into another classic comedy. 19. Coming in at number 19 with 1,041 points. It was on 13 list. One of the most iconic comedies of all time. Some are definitely going to argue it's not nearly high enough as it is I Love Lucy. It was highest ranked as number two by Tim and Kevin, uh, and so Kevin, I'll start with you here. I also had this in my top ten. Are you a little shocked? This is not making the top ten. Uh, shocked? No. Uh, um, again, nothing's going to shock me on this countdown that hasn't already <laughs> done so. So, I mean, come on, it, it's top ten. It's top ten. Nineteen uh, fifties comedy setting the stage for tons and tons of shows to imitate it and that's not counting the the i guess what you'd call spin-off or continuation under a different name that it kind of had but i mean it's i love lucy it's i, I don't know <laughs> it's top it's, 10 <clears throat> yeah i think definitely it is in the mount rushmore right. of of TV, like you're thinking TV, you ask a bunch of people to name a TV show, a classic TV show. You know, certainly I Love Lucy's going to be on there. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out at parties? (laughs) Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is in this little bottle. Now you pick up the bottle. Oh. A little higher. That's right. 
The answer to all your problems is in this little bottle. Vitamita Benjamin. Vitamita Benjamin contains vitamins, meat, vegetables, and minerals. Yes, with Vitamita Benjamin, you can spoon your way to health. <laughs> all you do is take a tablespoonful after every meal. Now you take some. Oh. <laughs> it's so tasty, too. <laughs> Uh, Steve, any thoughts on I Love Lucy coming in here at number 19? Well, I, I find it, uh, I, well, for one, the, the show, I do think it should be higher. Also, it has the, uh, one of the things that it's, it's, uh, was revolutionized back in the day was, uh, she pushed for the show to be pre-recorded, which was unheard of at the time, because usually shows were pretty much live. Um. Yes, I learned this in a class that I'm taking. But uh <laughs> so yeah, the the whole the whole thing with it was is it was one of the first pre-recorded shows in in history as far as as that goes. But yeah, I I think that definitely it it helped kind of push the uh, the the genre of what it is and and deserves a spot on this list. Before we go too much further, I've regained my uh my thoughts <laughs> so i'll say a couple more things about it i i believe if my information is right it was on six seasons and all six of those seasons it was nominated for best comedy show and also all six of those seasons it was rated top 10 in all of the tv ratings including four times it was the number one rated show in the country four years number one rated show in the country not a lot of shows can say that no, only only two others were the Annie Griffith and Seinfeld, the only two shows that had that had that streak. Uh, DJ, any thoughts on I Love Lucy? It, it, it's we kind of it's kind of sucky because we're in a generation of people don't even have never even heard of I Love Lucy. That's kind of where I'm I'm happy that young kids I'm talking about. Uh, I'm I'm glad this movie's coming out with Kate Blanchett. I think is playing uh, her in the Lucio Ball, and um, that I think it's going to bring more attention to how amazing this woman was she's essentially the funniest woman in the, she, if you had to pick funniest women in history she'd have to be your top three if not one she's lucille ball is amazing revolutionary great show i didn't have it on my list because i, I didn't really grow I, I grew up with carol burnett but it's like one of those things where it's like i hated michael jordan but i know he was the greatest basketball player of all time <laughs> so <laughs> I, you can't like you, you, you hear Lucy, Lucy uh, I love Lucy you're like oh yeah of course I love Lucy it should I think it should be uh, higher uh, if it was up to me Amanda you actually are very close on ranking this you had this at number 20 so you're are you pretty happy where it's falling yeah I think it's a decent placement um I, I love Lucille Ball I think that um she has so much physical comedy um, that she brought to the table, as well as some, you know, real and genuine emotion. You know, she wasn't just, you know, bawling her eyes out and and getting in trouble with Ricky. I think she really um, brought some emotion to the table, and and it, I mean, it was such a fun show to watch. And who does, like you said, who doesn't know? Um, I love Lucy. Who doesn't know the candy episode? Chocolate. Yeah. Kids, man, I'm telling you, they know. I've I've talked to people who have never even heard of Isla Lucy, and I just look at them like. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm an old man. That should be required viewing in like junior high or high school or something. Birth. That's or the like Superman right episode. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, any, uh, I see, it wasn't on your list, but do you have any issue with uh, it falling? Uh, no, 
it's it's great that it fell here. I, I think a lot of people are going to hope it was it was a bit higher. I love this show. I caught a few episodes of it as as a kid. Recently, I've gone back and caught a few clips on YouTube, and the one that I remember is the the Superman episode that was hilarious for me because actually, as much as people probably hate this show. Lois and Clark actually spoofed I Love Lucy in one episode, and that was awesome. But no, I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball, it was it was an amazing show. As Steve said, you know, I mean, it, it, it pretty much gave, it pretty much led the way for women in television. So Mike, before people attack you on the website, do you want to explain why you didn't list it? Forgot about it. Fair enough. I forgot about Fastlane too, and I didn't list that. So they're in the same category. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love Lucy. It's actually like my dad's favorite show, so I grew up watching it a ton. I remember he had tons of books on it, going through it. So I was it was in my top ten. I had it at, at seven. I definitely think it it should be much higher. Maybe I should have ranked it a little bit higher myself. Uh, it's you know there, there's not much more you can say about I Love Lucy that has not been said. It's still funny to this day. I mean Ethel and Lucy and, and Ricky Ricardo too. I mean I know a lot of people yeah. who that was like the first only time on TV that you had a character speaking Spanish. Like it was that was you know it seems kind of small today, but at that time that did not happen. And that's a big big deal too having an interracial couple you know with a female led show like that's and it wasn't never like a thing. It wasn't like a big right. deal. And it was just it just that's what what it was and um, I think it says a lot. It says a lot about Lucy when like you, in her as a as a person that she could pull that type of show off. So I think the most mind boggling thing about this whole thing is that sixteen people couldn't find a spot for it in the top one hundred. I know, I know. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I thought about fixing ballots, but I just felt that would be unethical. <laughs> Should have just rejected them and said, uh, think about your list and send it back. <laughs> You're missing a few guys. You're missing too many people. hanging chats. Too many hanging send chats. them back the list with like a blank spot, like a number three. Like you, you're yeah. missing a show. <laughs> I know Alrighty. we're talking cool. I, I know we're talking TV. Uh and, and I, I brought up the movie about it and I I found I looked up looked it up now. Aaron Sorkin is writing it, which is amazing. The Kate Blanchett Lucille Ball pick. And it's I think Oscars Os- already. <laughs> yeah, 18, I think Oscar Isaac should play Desi Arnaz because he the man can sing, he can act. That have been that movie would win Best Picture. We know. I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> it's a good chance. Good chance. All right. Any other thoughts on Isla Lucy before we move on to the next in the countdown? All right. Well, it's going to be kind of weird having these two shows back to back, but hey, what are you going to do? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm afraid. Eighteen. Well, we're moving from a classic comedy to. A modern comedy, <laughs> oddly that these are being placed back back to back, but very different shows, but both in the realm of comedy. Coming in at number 18, we have the United States version of The Office with 1,065 points. It was on 16 lists on as highest ranked as number six. Uh, I think I'll actually start with this because uh, if I was honest, uh, The Office is probably my third favorite show of all time, possibly top two. But I will be the first one saying it's too too high. I love the show. It's a great show. Uh, I can, I can go on days talking about it. I, it was probably the highest ranked modern comedy for me, but I had it like not even in my top twenty. I think too it probably benefited from the fact that it, it did kind of start a new type of comedy for the U.S. At least you know it. Yeah. We're le- we're leaving the '90s, getting away from the laugh tracks to the sitcoms we have today. Uh, you know, Steve Carell is phenomenal. The relationships that built the Dwight Jim part, you know, rivalry is great. Uh, I can, 
again, talk about it forever. But I just wanted to put that caveat on there. But DJ, you did have it on number 13 as well. So what are your thoughts on The Office? I, I saw the American office before I saw the British office. And again, it's like, the, though they're they're not the same, how I was talking about Sherlock Holmes and the last show, where I can enjoy both of them equally. They're not like one is, the, they're not like the exact same show. I love the office. I mean, when I went to, I went to a film school down here in Florida called Full Sail, and they play it in their, like when you go into the uh, student center, they're just playing it on a loop. <laughs> it's like one of the greatest shows that I, I mean, I just love it so much. And I, again, I am not a fan of the laugh track. And I, this first kind of time I've seen like the mockumentary style on a sitcom. Steve Carell was great. But the thing about that show and a lot of the Michael Schur uh, shows is that everyone has a moment to shine. It's not just, you know, mm -hmm. Sam Malone and everybody that falls to the wayside. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if it's not, there's whole episodes where it's just uh, uh, BJ Novak and wasn't her Mindy Kaling or whatever, or uh, Oscar or Creed or it, it, everybody has a moment to shine. Everybody gets, you know, something to do. So I, I, it kind of fell off near the end of the series, so that's probably why I wouldn't have it this high. Uh, or I had it 13, but I mean, I can see why I, I thought my post would be knocked down somewhere. But uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Well, that's actually when we based everything off of was, was, was DJ's post. We didn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm the only reason I'm deciding. Nobody else posted. Uh, but no, I, 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 I love this show. It's, it's, it's hard for me to say, well, I don't like this about the show. Or I don't like that about the show. I, I, I love this show. The whole Jim looking at the camera stuff. I... I the whole Pam love triangle thing, I, and I, for me who hates love triangles, I still dug that the hell out of that stuff. It's a great show, and you can get into it. I mean, a lot of people say, well, I like the, the zany humor, but this was kind of like smart, dry humor. And think of the people who have come on this show. James Spader, Idris Elba, Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> who are essentially like dramatic actors who nail every comedic moment. Uh, what was what was James Spader's character's name? California something California. Yeah, uh, California. Oh my God! Maybe one of the greatest characters ever. <laughs> he's kind of playing the same character in Blacklist a little bit, maybe a little bit, but he's a little bit in. You know, he doesn't shoot let, people. That's about let, it. <laughs> less sexual, more violent. It's just the yeah, opposite. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, I love The Office. Great show. Uh, Kevin, look, looking at the modern comedies, which we had a lot of, no doubt. Uh, this is, I think, we've run out of them at this point. So we can we can say this is the highest ranked. Would you put the office as the highest ranked of the modern comedies within, say, post two thousand? I think I'd have to take a six month period and binge watch all of them and <laughs> take notes to figure out which one should be the highest. I think this one probably has the widest following of not just people that are just watching whatever's popular on TV, but like people that are liking it more for uh, the intelligence of the jokes or the, the cleverness or things like that. I, I don't know. I, I think it depends on what your brand of humor is. I think some people are going to find someone else a little bit more funny. Some people are going to find this brand of humor better. I, I don't, I think this is a prime example of it's a show that you can't necessarily argue that it doesn't belong in the top 100. The argument only becomes where it should fall. I had it in the top 50, so I don't really have a problem. I think like you, it might be a touch high. I think maybe closer into the like the 40s or right around the midway point would have been a little bit more apropos. But uh, I don't think you can argue its place amongst the 100 shows as far as being a, a member of it. And it also did probably one of the most important things in the history of television. Well, really the world, it put Scranton on the map. 
And I, I say that as someone who grew up in Scranton. So it may have benefited from the fact that we have three members of Talking Circles that are from Scranton. So we may have ranked it too higher than we should have. But, you know, just putting that out there. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts on The Office? Uh, I really was never able to get hooked on the show. Um, I've seen uh, pieces here and there. I've never seen a full episode. But I just don't like Steve Carell. And I, I what? Just, yeah, I just wow. can't. I don't like him really at all. This is so. information I needed a long time ago. The most <laughs> likable man in the world. See, I like <laughs> Steve Carell. I just can't stand the show. So, what are your thoughts on on the on the show, Steve? I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that the show. Like, I obviously think that it should be in the top one hundred because people enjoy it. It's it's not you know I it just because it doesn't hit my personal taste doesn't mean that it doesn't deserve to be there because I I've heard everybody talk about this show during its entire duration on television. But um, that being said, it's not I, I don't like it, but that's because. I feel like something's missing when I don't have the laugh track, even though I, it doesn't give me the, even with the laugh track, it doesn't give me the cue to laugh. Like I just, it, yeah. it feels like something's missing in the background. Like I need some kind of a background sound, even if it's not a laugh track to kind of enjoy whatever I'm watching. I, I'm not a fan of the mockumentary type style television show. So like that, that's kind of another reason why I can't stand it, but. Um, You're not a Christopher Guest fan, uh, apparently. I, I'm not a fan of most of the modern comedies that are on TV right now. I I like the the sit back and not have to think about it kind of stuff. Like I I get the memes that have come out of the stuff or the the little catchphrases like you know uh, that's what she said or stuff like that. So I mean I I get those. I just I particularly can't sit there and watch the shows. I will say the the Office was like a little bit of of a, an acquired taste for sure because I know the first season that came on, watching it and like this well yeah, it wasn't you know it didn't really find its stride though I do think its second episode Diversity Day is like one of its best episodes now going back to it but it was like I said it was a new kind of brand of comedy so, for the U.S. that offered comedy where it's like it just putting you in no, situations Rose, that are are weird but they are not breathing and they have no arms or legs no that's not part of it where are they you know what. If we come across somebody with no arms or legs, do we bother resuscitating them? I mean, what kind of quality of life do we have there? I would want to live with no legs. How about no arms? No arms or legs is basically how you exist right now, Kevin. You don't do anything. All right, well, let's get back to it, because you're losing them. Okay, too fast. Everyone, we need to pump at a pace of 100 beats per minute. Oh, okay, that's uh, hard to keep track. How many is that per hour? How's that gonna help you? I will divide and then count to it. Right. Okay, well, a good trick is to pump to the tune of Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Do you know that song? Yes, yes, I do. I love that song. <clears throat> First I was afraid, I was petrified. No, it's... Ah, 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 Staying Alive, okay. yes, Staying yes, yes. Alive. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. Ah, 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 Staying Alive, Staying Alive. Ah, 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 stay alive, stay alive. You can't tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man, no time at all. Where's it loud? Women warm, been kicked around since I was born. Well, it's all right, it's okay. You can look the other way. Look at the other way. I also think, like, it ended up really, we talked about with Parks and Rec last week. 
building a lot of strong relationships with the characters. It wasn't as advert as it is with Parks and Rec, but there are small bits here and there, especially with like uh, Steve Carell and Jim, like, you know, even in season two, like the boat trip episode near the end, they're just the small bits where there's just a nice, nice little touches here and there where you do get, you know, it's about finding the, like the beauty and the small things in life. And in the last season was pretty bad. But it did lead to like one of my favorite finales, and I think it, it kind of made up for the fact that the last season and a half were not the most fantastic. Was it the last season the reason why it was so bad because Corral left? No, the, the, he left a season and the last two seasons didn't have Corral, and the season after he left was actually pretty good, where uh, Ed Helms kind of took took the took the reins, and that's when Rabbit California came in and was the main character. But the last season, Ed Helms left and. Minnie Kaling left, and they brought in a lot of new characters. They kind of had a weird thing going on with Jim and Pam that really did not work out at all. So, but uh, then, but at least the last episode definitely made up for it. So. I still, I still love the episode Joss Whedon directed where Jim is convincing Dwight that he's turning into a vampire. I, I every uh, time I have <laughs> episode comes on, I die. Laugh. It's one of the, it's one of the. It, there's a lot of shows where it's. Uh, where it's like a this overarching thing but then there's just some episodes where it's just jim pranking dwight and i can never get enough of that. <laughs> I, w- I would say too another a good episode to start with is the injury that, that episode oh, yeah uh, that's uh one of my favorites so all right I, like i said i can spend all day talking about the office so let's go on to the next one before this comes the office cast 17 Alrighty, well, coming in at number 17, well, winter is coming, because at number 17, we have Game of Thrones, with 1,071 points, it was on 15 list, as highest ranked as number 3. Uh, Amanda, let's start with you here, because this was in your top 5, again, I, I, we're targeting you, and uh, it's making the list, any uh, any thoughts on, on Game of Thrones coming in here at number 17? You're killing me, Smalls. I, you're just <laughs> knocking out my whole list here. <laughs> the... <laughs> Sandlot reference. Sandlot reference. I had this at number four. Um, Jeez. I, I think the production on the show is just so outrageous and awesome. Um, yeah, I, I've, I started reading the books, and what I started to do was read the book and then catch up with the show so i read a few chapters and then watch a show and read a few chapters and watch a show and then it got to the point where i was watching more of the show than i was um able to read so and i was okay with that change off so i'm a little far behind in the books but i I was really happy with the change off from from the first couple books um from the pages to the screen and uh, there's so many characters and it, it just it really it doesn't get old even though there's there's all these storylines going on. Yeah, you're going to have that one episode where you have the couple storylines that you really don't give a shit about. That's just any show that has multiple character storylines. There's going to be some that you like more than the others, but I think there's so many characters to like in here, and just because they're going to probably die doesn't mean that you don't get invested <laughs> in them, and it, the story is just so fantastical that um, it, it's really right right um, up my alley and and. I'm going to continue watching it and, and bootlegging the crap out of it. So <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. <laughs> we're going to watch recorded. it. And by other means, she said, she, that's what she said. Le- edit point. Uh, she's going to watch it by other means. <laughs> uh, she's going to watch it at bars. I don't know. Uh, DJ, you weren't far off with having this at number 21. So any thoughts on game of Thrones? All right. Game of Thrones has probably, 
one of the most shocking moments in television history. And it's just a show filled with shocking moments, great characters. It made Dungeons and Dragons type stuff actually like mainstream, which is unheard of. The nerds are taking over. The nerds are taking over. Uh, because that movie didn't do the franchise any, any good. <laughs> oh, uh, so Jeremy Irons really brought it home on that one. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I'm at the point now, if I'm talking, I, I'm giving it its laurels because the first couple seasons I, I absolutely love. But I just, I'm afraid George R. R. Martin or whoever's doing it now is a DB, DB Wise, I think now, uh, are using the kill somebody you like as a, as a gimmick. I don't want it to be a gimmick. I want it to be part of the story. But right now, especially the last season, which everybody started to, you know, everybody loved, it's it's starting to feel like a gimmick. Because after situations like the Red Wedding and the Purple Wedding, I'm like, all right, that was crazy. That was great. But now it's like, all right, the Oberon thing and the other thing. I was like, okay, okay, I, I get it. Good people suck. Bad people win. I, I get it. Just don't make it uh, a, a, a gimmick. M make it part of your story. I'm with you. And again, I love Game of Thrones. I just... Just don't, don't don't test me, Game of Thrones. Don't don't don't, <laughs> don't 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 Walking Dead me, Game of Thrones. Where I start, I stop caring because like, if something happens to Tyrion, is essentially if we're gonna go Walking Dead, Game of Thrones comparison, Tyrion is Daryl. If anything happens to Tyrion, <laughs> I'm done. That's the end of the show. For me. Deal breaker. Deal, Deal breaker. breaker. I'm out. This is I'm tearing the show. Braun is kind of there. He's he's like Carol. Okay. So if anything happens to any people, I'm out. But no. No. <laughs> it also Thrones, appears that uh. Jon Snow might be Glenn for those. That yeah, are... yeah, God, Jon, Jon Snow might be Glenn. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be terrific. Well, the, 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 one of the things we love about HBO is that they can they can pull no they pull no punches. They give you everything, and I, I, I love the George R. R. Martin is going against the norm of a normal show where no one is safe. Absolutely, no one is safe. But you know, just make it a good story. And it worries me when I see George R. R. Martin at award shows or on blogs. Get your ass into your goddamn <laughs> office and finish these freaking books, okay? I don't want these guys flying by the seat of their pants, which essentially they're doing now. I think the show is caught up to the books, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. this is going to be the last the last season, yeah. I think, diverted a bunch from the books. I have not read them, but from what I've heard, this me. upcoming season is going to be that hard. So. But yeah, yeah. but it's, a great, it's, it's an amazing show. I mean, for them to, just for the fact that they made Dungeons and Dragons stuff, I, I keep saying Dungeons and Dragons stuff, just swords and, swords and dragons and stuff, mainstream, like People know about Game of Thrones that who are on the, the who jocks know about Game of Thrones. So yeah, it's a great show. It's just I, I, I I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Game of Thrones. Don't mess up, <laughs> uh, Kevin. You are not far off as well with Game of Thrones drinking here. So you happy it's falling at around number seventeen and not any higher? I, I really would like to like make a statement and somehow not comment on Game of Thrones until it's entirely done. Because I just feel like I'm gonna say, if I say something good, there's it, it has the opportunity to do what Lost did to a lot of people, even if it wasn't myself, and just completely turn people off with however it decides to end eventually down the road. So it's like I really wish I could reserve judgment, but it is a fun journey. I will say that after the first season, I swore off the entire show and was like, "F this show." <laughs> um, I was like, I have no reason to watch a single more minute of this show. Like, I, that's completely done. I care nothing about any character that's alive. I'm like, I'm completely <laughs> done with this. And then every time I started caring about a character, they kill them off. So it's just like, I, 
I still like the journey, but it better have a freaking payoff at the end because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to be a very salty person. And like DJ, I worry a little bit about it almost being a gimmick uh, at this point, but hopefully that's not something that uh, really holds any any weight once it's all said is done. But it's fun. It's got a lot of uh, great actors. Like Amanda was saying, the production value of it's really cool. Um but man, this this is going to go one way or another. There's a lot riding on how this thing eventually finishes out. But I think there's no doubt it deserves to be in the top 100 conversation. Oh yeah, I, I think so definitely. It, it it is certainly, you know, it's one of the most recognized shows. It's like that and like Walking Dead. Like you kind of have to watch it that night because if you don't, it's probably going to be spoiled for you more ways than one sometimes by the own Facebook group. Did of you that see show. the red wedding, dude? <laughs> That's what you're going to get. You're going to get 35 people telling you what the red wedding actually means. I actually have multiple podcasts I've had to because I didn't watch them all as they happened. I, I caught up with them afterwards, and you're in the welcome. last year and a half of watching podcasts, somehow they would always show up on on Talking in Circles or True Romance or somebody would want to talk about them somewhere, and I always had to stop the show and be like, okay, I'll come back to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good show. I, I definitely, uh, I think like you guys, sometimes I worry if it sacrifices good, great moments for good storytelling. I'm like, okay, where is this going? And I know, I know it's supposed to be this criticism of heroism and things like that. And I do love the show, the acting production, though I would, I will say on the night it shows there's Game of Thrones and I think it's not, it's like the fourth or fifth best show on the night it airs because I, I like be better. I like Silicon Valley better and I like last week tonight better. So I don't know what that means, but I, I, I ranking them now, I did rank game of Thrones, the highest out of all of those. Uh, it, it's simply just, it's an epic show and it's what's great about it. It's keeping fantasy alive because it's, it's not really in movies right now. It's like the only <laughs> place to really see fantasy, but. Uh, what about Steve? last witch hunter? Just saying. Uh... <laughs> like I said, it's keeping <laughs> fantasy alive. <laughs> Jeez, last one time was killing kill it. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vin Diesel's uh, trying to murder fantasy. <laughs> Vin Diesel and what was that movie where they take down earlier this year? I forget what it's called. Okay. Oh, Seventh Son. Yeah, you're the seventh son of a seventh son. I'm Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> also had Jon Snow in it. <laughs> exactly for, for five seconds. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, any thoughts on Game of Thrones before we move on to the next of the countdown? Uh, I knew my wife was watching it at one point. I. It's not one of those shows I get into, but I, again, it's, I, right now I don't have HBO, so it's, it, I, I definitely see the reason why it's in the top 100. I just don't know if I would rank it right now. Maybe, you know, like Kevin said, when it gets done, maybe going back and then blitzing through the whole show and then, and then giving it a, a fair go, but. I think that's the way to go, and then people can tell you to either do that or not do that. <laughs> I think it is a show that it, it benefits from, from marathoning, too, because that's what I did with the, the first like season, too. I think it does. It, there's so much going on. And that's by the first five seasons. Yeah, because by or, halfway through the season, I'm trying to, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that character, because it's like there's so many characters. I don't know anyone's names. I'm like, oh, new and a new character. And no. Hierarchies. Yeah. And <laughs> well, and like my wife, she lost interest, but that's because like, she, you know, in between waiting between seasons, she forgot what happened, and she's like, "I didn't have to rewatch the whole damn show, so forget it." <laughs> it's one of the that. few shows where I will watch the previously on. Just like, like, right. Alrighty. Well, let's move on to the next in the countdown, and uh, someone's number one is going down. Sixteen. Yes, like I said, we're having another person's number one 
go down at number 16, and it's actually mine. Uh, coming <laughs> at n- number 16, we have The West Wing. It was on 17 list, as high as ranked as number one, as I mentioned, with 1,132 points. So we're getting up there in points more and more. Uh, DJ, you are another one that's ranked as rather high. So before I go off on my diatribe, I'll, I'll let you speak on your thoughts on West Wing. Aaron Sorkin is my second favorite writer working right now. It's Christopher McQuarrie and him and Ben Tarantino. So I love the West Wing. I love everything Aaron Sorkin does, but I think the West Wing was probably his television masterpiece. I mean, he had Sports Night and Studio 60, which was kind of tumultuous and stuff like that. But West Wing, I mean, Martin Martin Sheen. I mean, everybody on the show was amazing. And there's where the walk and talks came from. It actually, like got me into politics because i was a notorious i don't give a crap about politics at this time but when i watched the west wing i i uh i loved it yes and uh every character on that show from rob Lowe to bradley whitford to allison janney i mean it's just from Dulé hill it's just a great performances by everyone and the writing was top-notch. I know he kind of left near the uh middle of it he had a end of some, fourth season four season he had some problems but i mean if if you have any doubt about the writing caliber of an Aaron Sorkin, watch the first episode of The West Wing, and just watch. I think that's the episode where he takes down the uh, religious lady and she doesn't no, stand. It's, that's the second episode. Or... No, that's later on. That's later. Season, okay. Uh, I want to say season two or three. Uh, okay. And there is a taking down of a religious uh, person, but it's not that one. Uh, it's and it's it's not as it's Martin Sheen's only appearance in the in the pilot. He actually only shows up in the pilot for like a few minutes and. It's more of a it's 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 a taking down, but more of a polite taking down. I mean, because when somebody gets when Aaron Sorkin writes a character that get to, to take somebody down, they get just to strip you in half. <laughs> like it's just such good writing. And again, we I always hear, oh, nobody talks like that. It's not realistic. I'm like, yeah, but it's poetry. It's just good writing, man. And good. And on top of that, you're getting a caliber actor like Martin Sheen to do this stuff. Uh, be the president and you buy him as the president it's just a good good character role and always the thing that always bothered me about the show the one thing vice president's just you know kind of there <laughs> kind of <laughs> real though <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's true i guess it's right but it's just, yeah, eh, depending you on can have president. a bigger role in the show you, but you care more about bradley whitford or uh you know uh, rob lowe than you give a crap about the vice president of the united states but well, no yeah, it's, I, it's interesting because i didn't realize like john spencer who played the uh uh, I think he's the chief of staff. No, he's not chief, chief of staff. staff. Yeah, he plays yeah. chief of staff. I didn't realize how much a role chief of staff actually played with, with, <laughs> when it comes to president. But uh, Kevin, any thoughts on the West Wing? Because you know, you're uh, another person who had this ranked in their top 100 as well. Yeah, I, I had it ranked just based on uh, the acclaim and how much I respect the people that say it's good. <laughs> I personally haven't seen it. It, Along with 24, West Wing kind of came out at a time where I just wasn't watching a lot of TV. I was graduating in high school. I was off in college. I was getting way more into movies, and I just kind of missed a lot of that little chunk of time of, of television. So I didn't see much of West Wing or 24, but I was at least uh, conscious of the impact they had, the ratings they had, the awards they had, the followings they've had. So I did rank both of them real close together. So I think it's fitting to be on the countdown, but I can't intelligently say where I would place it. it I mean, as, speaking to the accolades, it did win a, a ton of awards. It was one of those dominant award winners. It won three Golden Globe Awards, 26 Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Drama Series for four consecutive seasons from 2000 to 2003. 
So it definitely had that acclaim. It, it was also nearly like every actor on the show that showed up for an hour was nominated for best actor. It was. You know, it, it was Hi, I'm Christian Slater, Golden Globe. <laughs> basically, basically, it, it did. It, it, looking at the award season that time, it, like best supporting actor was like West Wing actors, and 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 then like another guy, and it was like Winner is going to win this one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's my number one show, and I'll be honest, it is my favorite. But I I legitimately felt like it was the best show that I've ever seen. And I felt like it had the pedigree to match it as well. It's to me that the perfect matching of two things where you have subject matter and talent, um, Aaron Sorkin's writing fits so perfectly within this type of storytelling because yeah, he does happen to write in, in, in an intellectual manner, fast paced, a lot going on. And what better place to do that than, you know, the effort center of the of the world inside the White House and also with his background as a stage as, you know, as a person who has write, written stage plays. In a lot of ways, West Wing was that like you could put almost every episode on the stage and it would work because his words were so perfect in describing what was going on there were wars going on across the world and it in west wing was never a show that was going to show you that it was going to show you the what's happening in the west wing and you wouldn't know the stakes you would know the importance of what's going on because of the reactions in the room and then the talent of the acting uh, martin sheen it, it, he was super presidential he had that kennedy like vibe sustaining hope in this winter of anxiety and fear. More than any time in recent history, America's destiny is not of our own choosing. We did not seek, nor did we provoke an assault on our freedom and our way of life. We did not expect, nor did we invite, a confrontation with evil. Yet the true measure of a people's strength is how they rise to master that moment when it does arrive. 44 people were killed a couple of hours ago at Kennison State University. Three swimmers from the men's team were killed and two others are in critical condition. When after having heard the explosion from their practice facility, they ran into the fire to help get people out. Ran into the fire. The streets of heaven are too crowded with angels tonight. There are students and our teachers and our parents and our friends. The streets of heaven are too crowded with angels. But every time we think we've measured our capacity to meet a challenge, we look up and we're reminded that that capacity may well be limitless. This is a time for American heroes. We will do what is hard. We will achieve what is great. This is a time for American heroes and we reach for the stars. God bless their memory. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Great performance from Bradley Woodford, John Spencer. I've heard people say that Aaron Sorkin can't write women characters, and I'm thinking oh, those no. people never watched The Alice West Wing. <laughs> I know. Alice and Janney, CJ Craig, is one of the best women characters, seeing her, her transition from season to season. It does go downhill after Aaron Sorkin leaves, though I do think it picks up in season seven when uh, you kind of get uh, Jimmy Spence and uh, his run as president as well, and it kind of gets a dual focus there. But season five, definitely season six, is a little bit. It goes into some weird directions with some some characters, Toby Toby Ziegler in particular. But I've watched this show so many times, and I still do. And I also think it's a show that there's a lot going on each episode, and there's so many shows where 
there's a continuous storyline, but you could probably pop in here and there and still understand what's going on. My favorite TV show episode of all time is the season finale of season two, two cathedrals has one of my favorite, uh, like one of the uh, epic moments with Martin Sheen inside a church as he has this oh, monologue. Yeah. Controversy. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and the, very much so. And, and what's great about it, half of it's in Latin and it doesn't matter. There's no subtitles, but you understand the emotions that's there. Uh, again, I could, I can go on forever talking about the West wing. Uh, I, I, I think I, obviously I would wish it was higher. I'm glad glad it's where it is. But uh, Kevin, I think you I think you might like it because I know you love du- good dialogue and it, it's full of it. So um, g- give it a shot. Definitely one that's on the radar with the and then this is what I'm using the top 100 for is it's creating my queue. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and it is available for streaming on Netflix and I tend to watch it way too much. But uh, <laughs> whoever told you that he doesn't know how to write women? Emily Mortimer, Newsroom, Felicity Huffman, Sports exactly. Night. I had, I mean, what are you talking about? Our, I know. Uh, go to my Twitter timeline for a little while. J- Jane Fonda newsroom. Jane Fonda's amazing on newsroom. Aaron Sorkin's your your Twitter timeline is all kinds of fun right now, Dan. I know. It's, I, I, I attract the crazy people. That's what I do. Uh, any other thoughts on the West Wing before we move on to the next in the countdown? All righty. Let's keep this show going. 15. Uh, coming in at number 15, we've had some modern dramas. We're continuing the modern drama, and we're getting some AMC love. As coming in at number 15, we have Mad Men with 1,157 points. It's getting harder to say these numbers if we get higher. Uh, <laughs> it was on 18 lists, as highest ranked as number two. Uh, let's throw it over to DJ. Let's start with you here. On Any thoughts on Mad Men? I am not a Mad Men fan. My my compatriot Justin Polizzi on our show, he loves Mad Men and he like berates me every time. Why haven't you watched Mad Men? It's the greatest show. Well, he has a deeper voice than me, so I probably didn't say it like that. But yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> uh, John Hamm. I, I, I've seen like a couple episodes. I've never gotten into it. I'm not not a big fan. The time period, it just never clicked with me. And I hear great things about it and john ham the episodes i did see was good in it and um not not the uh not january jones the other lady who's the uh from drive i forget her name uh she she was okay i just never got into mad men never my show (laughs) kevin any thoughts on mad men well i should have told you to record what i said about west wing because you're gonna have to play it like (laughs) three more times so play it for mad men you're gonna play it at least i think at least two more times during the countdown but it's again you can't deny the uh the popularity the acclaim and i'm not at all surprised to see this in the countdown i'd be interested to see how people think we get the order of these modern dramas in the top 25 either right or wrong but i don't think too many people could argue its spot in the countdown yeah, and it it has won a great. It was actually the first we talked about with Shield being nominated for uh, awards and being a cable show. Mad Men was the first basic cable show to actually win uh, the Emmy for best drama, and it did so. And also, John Hamm won for best performance. It's, I do the first thought that comes to my mind when I think of Mad Men is style, but it's style with substance. And oddly, it was when I first got a Blu-ray player. Uh, I had I, the first thing. I, one of the first things I bought was season two of Mad Men, and I had season one on DVD. And the first thing I really appreciated because of Blu-ray was Mad Men, a TV show. But it just it, the vibrant colors, the way it would really represent that time period as well. And I would I would watch this show with my wife, and she would get so angry, so much so. <laughs> Because of the way it would, you know, women were treated at that time. She was like, how? I'm like, it's not. The show is trying to represent that time period. It's not. They're not saying it's the right thing to do. That's just John Hamm likes to play around a little bit. It's kind of what he does. 
Um, How do you think but, I feel? John Slattery's running around in blackface. I was like, what the hell is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it, it, it is true the time to, to a fault, but I, I do think it is just heavy drama in, in, in some of the best ways. It's I have not watched, I'm still trying to catch up with the last season, but I, uh, from all around the characters and in just the the evolution or de-evolution of Dom Draper as it goes on and when then the evolution of that of Peggy and their dynamic from, from throughout the season. And two, uh, uh, Kevin, I think you might actually like it too in the way it uses history as a backdrop. It doesn't use it a great deal. It's not in the forefront, but you'll see it affect how things go from you know being in the 60s, so Kennedy's assassination to Martin Luther King to boxing ma- matches and things like that. So it, it definitely, I think... it. it it makes you feel like you're seeing that genre or seeing that time period in a, a way that you really didn't see displayed in TV. So. All right. Any other thoughts on Mad Men before we move on to the next in the countdown? I, so I give it credit for one thing. At the trailers they have for the next episode, the way they put those together is pretty funny, where they don't give you any information. What they give <laughs> you, like, what a person will say, like, one word. <laughs> And that's it's just a montage of people saying like one thing. I thought that was pretty clever for a trailer for next episode. So you like get to see like a taste of the episode, but you have absolutely no idea what's going to what's going on. <laughs> well, I think for the next in the countdown, we might be repeating Kevin's recording once again. Fourteen. Alrighty. Well, coming in at number fourteen, we have another number one going down, and another number one of someone on the countdown. DJ, you're. You questioned it before. You asked when it was coming up. It's finally here. Coming in at number 14, we have The Wire with 1,159 points. It was only on 14 lists, so it's actually been on one of the fewest lists of the countdown so far, but those that ranked it ranked it rather high. Uh, DJ ranked it at number one, and we also had it at number one for another person. I had it at number two as well. So, DJ, I think we have to start again with you here. Coming in at number one, thoughts on The Wire. Just like the show itself, completely underappreciated. <laughs> the show this amazing that it, it didn't get any. Did it get any Emmys? No, it never. No. It got got nominated, but it never really won any major awards. It's one of the greatest shows I've ever seen because I remember somebody was telling me I was in school and somebody was like, uh, "Hey, you should watch uh, watch The Wire." You know, watch watch The Wire. I was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm straight. I'm, I'm not going to watch The Wire." And then, I somebody put like, you're gonna freaking watch the wire and they gave me the, the box and I sat there and I'm like, okay I effing watch it all right leave me alone and I I watched one episode and before I knew it it was four o'clock in the morning and I had burned <laughs> <laughs> I, I like lost half a part of my life I could not turn it off it's one of the most engaging tense well written well performed shows I've ever seen with child actors. To old men. I mean, Michael B. Jordan as a kid is in this show. Idris Elba, first time I've ever seen him. It's just great. And uh, uh, I, was, I always say his name wrong. I, we just call him Omar. Barack Obama's favorite character in television history. Uh, it may be one of the greatest characters ever. Uh, he's essentially a gay, murderous Robin Hood. Which, and, and he's kind of on the outlier of the show. It is such a crazy show. That's so well acted. Dominic, uh, is it Dominic West? I think Dominic I think. West as McDonald. Yeah. Also great. And we were talking about Daredevil earlier, where you get to see the way this city, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Baltimore. It's definitely Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they ever, ever say it, but how the, sh- the city, these different aspects 
of, of crime and, and order and law work for the heart of the city. It's such a well put together show that reinvents itself every single season where one season we're following mostly the cops and sometimes the robbers. Second season we're following the robbers and sometimes the cops. The third season we're following uh, the porch or whatever the hell. And it, it just, it just, I might get that order wrong, but it's just <laughs> such a good show when everybody on there brings their A game. I mean, and the, this is moments that I can just, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but there's just the, the Muslim, the Omar, uh, uh, go, uh, if you shoot at the king, you best not miss. There's stuff that's going on in that show. It's so good. And the fact that it never got an it's, award uh, for, for writing, it's, it's so the gun, good. Such a good show. Taking what you want, when you want it, willing to use violence when your demands aren't met. This is who you are. Why should we believe your testimony then? I believe anything you say. That's up to y'all, really. You say you aren't here testifying against the defendant because of any deal you made with police. True that. That you're here because you, you, you want to tell the truth about what happened to Mr. Gant in that housing project parking lot. Yeah. When, in fact, you are exactly the kind of person who would, if you felt you needed to, shoot a man down on a housing project parking lot and then lie to the police about it, would you not? And look, I ain't never put my gun on no citizen. You are a moral, are you not? You are feeding off the violence and the despair of the drug trade. You're stealing from those who themselves are stealing the lifeblood from our city. You are a parasite who leeches off Just like you, the culture man. of drugs. Excuse me? What? I got the shotgun. I got the briefcase. It's on the game, though, right? I think there's not a show that can compete with it when it comes to a number of just well-developed, interesting, intriguing characters from top to bottom, largely because of the change of focus that it has. Like season one, the major focus is that of the court system, and then season two is the doc, season three is the the mirror race, season four is schools, and season five is a newspaper. And uh, also, I'll, I'll admit that being a Baltimoreian or ever being someone who's a resident of Baltimore and taught in Baltimore, it, sometimes season four gets too real. It, you get a little PS, PSD watching it at, at times. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I know exactly what that is. And I, for me, what makes The Wire such an amazing show, there's a lot of things. It's the details. It's the authenticity where it feels like, okay, this is... You know, this is people that get it. You know, this is people who were there. These are, it has a number of amateur actors that really bring something new to that cast. Uh, David Simon is, you know, a guy who definitely has his time in Baltimore and knew the people, knew the cops. There are a lot of cops that are actually on that show as well that really speak highly of the way he portrays that lifestyle. And it, I think too, it's, 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 just, not, it's, it's not a phony bone in its body. Everything feels genuine. And yeah, and there's and similar to Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, where there's no, there, there's a couple of true villains, but in in The Wire, it's really just giving you an understanding of where everyone's coming from and kind of just showing you the mess everyone is in, and it really presents it in, in, in an interesting way. I will say those that like go to watch it, it is methodical with with it, with its pacing. It takes a while for things to happen because it's representing a a system where it takes a while for things to happen. 
So I think some people get turned off by the fact that it's slow and, and and I honestly don't think I really appreciated it like the third time I went through it. And you really see just how it builds upon itself so much from season to season, how it you know lays breadcrumbs here and there that, that come in progression two seasons later, three seasons later. I mean, and, and its best season, season four, you know, its major character isn't even in most of the season. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so there's, there, there's a season, there's an episode, I think, is it season one where they go, it's Dominic West and the, um I forget his name. Wendell uh, Pierce. Part, yeah, they go yeah. through a crime scene, and it's a shot for maybe four minutes, and they're breaking down the crime scene, and they're talking to each other, but the only word they're saying together is, is, is it fuck? I think yes. it, the, yes. whole, yeah. the whole, it's four minutes yeah. long, yeah. and they figure out the entire crime by just going, fuck, fuck, fuck. the whole crime scene. And it's the way they shot it, they wrote it, 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 I guess they wrote it really funny, because it's just one <laughs> word. It's just such a, I've never seen a scene like that before, it was just amazing great that's great show that's part of it too because there's always a little sense of humor in there too like there's a lot of yeah. like high drama but there's always a little sense of humor but uh uh kevin i know i, I know i know it's a show that you're not super familiar with but you, you did rank it any thoughts on the wire before we move on to the next in the countdown well i think uh it's interesting because i had the wire the west wing mad men and and 24 all within six rankings of each other and we've seen three of them back to back, so uh, you can just cue the clip, and uh, we can move on. <laughs> All right, I will do that. The beauty of editing. All right. All right. Well, I think there's always those big surprises show that show up, and I think not many people would have thought this move, this show would make the top twenty, but I think people are going to be happy with it for the most part. We'll see. Thirteen. All righty. Well, coming in at number thirteen. It's time to light the lights, as in number 13 is The Muppet Show. We've had a lot of sketch comedies, and we're getting another one, a lot, a lot different, with 1,193 points. It was on 20 lists, as highest ranked as number one. What's kind of interesting, though, about The the Muppet Show is that it's on 20 lists. It's the most lists we've got so far, but no one ranked it minus one or two people really, really high. It's really a show that benefited from a lot of people ranking it why it, it fell here uh steve let's start with you here shocked to see the muppet show so high falling here at number 13 i'm uh, not really because a lot of us had had caught this show as kids i mean for the most part or or you know uh, preteens or whatever i mean just depending on what era but it, it's like the saturday night live for kids that you know you get to see muppets i mean it's just it's a great show um, I'm not, I, I am kind of surprised to see it land here in particular. Um, I would have thought that maybe it would have been higher up on the list, but, uh, being the, uh, the fact that it's, it's again, making a resurgence might have something to do with it. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad to see the show show up here. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on the Muppet show? Muppet Show was amazing. It just really, really is. Um, everything about it was so enjoyable. And as Steve said, for us as kids or as preteens or whatever, this was our Saturday Night Live. It really, really was. And just seeing who they, you know, watching it back now, seeing who they were able to get in those early seasons for guests, just amazing. I absolutely love The Muppet Show. I think my favorite story Two favorite skits are pigs in space and anything that the that's the Swedish chef does. Yeah, he's he's definitely iconic. Uh, Amanda, is this a, a product of the Muppet bias we are known for love in love for? <laughs> 
maybe my own Muppet bias. <laughs> Pepe the Shrimp is my shit. Um, I that was actually my screen name, my AOL screen name um, when I was little. Um, I ranked this at number thirty-three. I, I definitely don't um, have a full appreciation yet for the new rendition. That's way too adult, way too risque. Um, I love holding on to the the nostalgia of um, the more wholesome less mean-hearted um slutty version of what it is now um i think that it who who can't get behind the muppet show i don't i i don't understand the person who put it at number one I really don't i'm sorry but i i definitely think it's well deserving in this in, even in the top 25 uh kevin thoughts on we talked a lot about sketch comedy i don't know if this is one you were thinking would make the list what something I've been doing as we've been going through is every episode and every time that the ones revealed, I've been basically crossing one of my shows off that I thought had no chance now of making it. So I had had a bunch crossed off that I thought had no shot, and this is one of the only I think maybe the second time I've had to go back and uncross it off. Uh, I did not expect this one to show up at all. I'm very surprised that it that it's landed here. I thought if this showed up, it would have been maybe in our second episode or first episode. I mean, just because it wasn't on a super long time, and I think people have different favorites when it comes to the world of Jim Henson. Some people are Sesame Street more heavy on that. Some people love the Muppet movies. Some people like Fraggle Rock. Some people like, you know, there was the Muppets Tonight. There's the Muppet Show. I personally think the Muppet Show is probably the best thing that they did. You could maybe put one or two of the movies up there with it. The current Muppet Show, just to kind of get some heat from the message boards, I guess. The the current Muppet Show, we watched one episode and I couldn't watch anymore. Uh, maybe it got better, but I do not need the Muppets making those. That's my <laughs> same opinion of it. It didn't. <laughs> that, that, the, the jokes and the things that they were making the Muppets say and do, I was uh, I was actually somewhat appalled by. So I was like, this is not something I want to see. They fired their showrunner, didn't they? Yep. Thankfully, he ran away from that like a fireball. (laughs) But the Muppet Muppet Show from the 70s and the 80s and and obviously and reruns, the number of guests they were able to get, the number of um, just musical stars, actors, etc. that they got was was awesome. The whole premise of how they did it was cool. So, I mean, I love the show. I did not expect to see it. Uh, DJ, go ahead, Kevin. uh, the, The one thing I'll say about the new Muppet Show... The problem is the same thing what they did with Muppets in Space. They made it about one specific character. Whoa, don't Muppets you say in Space is all about Gonzo, space. and Gonzo does not need his own movie yes, by does. himself. Hey, he hey, hey, bite your tongue. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and making the show all about Piggy and her having the late show and blah, blah, blah. The one thing the new Muppet show gets really, really cool in the beginning is the homage to the original intro at the, in the end where Kermit says, oh, time to get things started. And then you hear the little doop, 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 doop from the original theme song. Um, but the original Muppet show was just amazing. They build a jacuzzi and they will come. Okay? <laughs> uh, DJ, any thoughts on the Muppet show? Uh, you guys have pretty much said everything I can think of. Uh, I, I remember hearing someone a long time ago, I think it was when Jason Siegel brought the movie back, and they said, the Muppets in general are an ultimate good. And I always love the Muppets because, and I, don't, I love any kid show that treats kids not like idiots, and the Muppets never did that. I mean, 
I could, I guess Pixar is kind of the new generation of that where they make products for children that adults can enjoy. And the Muppets were kind of a product for children that adults could enjoy. I love the Muppet show. Um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm very giddy. It's this high. I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure where I, I can't remember. Sure, I had it on my list. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, Muppet Show is great. I'm happy it's here. Dan, you nailed this one 100 percent when you said nobody's going to expect it, but everybody's going to be happy about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's great. I love it. I'm sure there's someone on the message board. We'll, we'll we'll not be a fan of it, but if you don't like the Muppets, you're dead inside. That's all. You're dead. You're you're, <laughs> you're a black-hearted person. And I I could see the argument that it's too high, definitely. Uh, but again, it's one where. It just benefited from the fact there is so much universal appeal for the show because really there was one person that ranked it high and then everyone else was – it was around the 50s, late 30s or 40s or below. It's just that it was on 20 lists and because of that it got ranked at number 13. So uh, yeah, I was actually surprised when I was making the list. I'm like making sure I'm getting this one right. I'm like, all right. Well, that's well, exactly yeah. what I would put after The Wire and West Wing. And oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm, I, you know what? If we saw like an updated Muppet show that would do like a skit like that, I mean, oh but, like, do God, it right. I want Kermit as Omar so bad. <laughs> uh, I'd see animals more of an Omar, I would think. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get. We are getting into one more to the top ten, and uh, well, we'll see. I mean, that, this is where it's going to get really tough because it's no again shouldn't be a question of it belonging, but is it belonging in this top echelon? So we'll see what happens with our next in the countdown. 12. Coming in at number 12, it is daily and it is a show. It is The Daily Show with 1,201 points. It was on 15 lists. Again, five lists less than that of The Muppet Show, but was ranked higher by more people. It was highest ranked as number three. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, DJ, maybe we, we ended with you last time, so we'll start with you here this time. Uh, what are you thinking of seeing The Daily Show fall here at number 12? It's that's super high. It's uh, actually exactly I, what you were. You yeah, <laughs> I know. I just, it's just I, I never thought sometimes I rank these things high because I just wanted to get the votes to get up because I never thought anybody else would like agree with me. So <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I ranked it higher than you. I ranked it. It wasn't my top. See, see, I'm not gonna... uh, but yeah, I was I was I was trying to get it some high because I thought I was it was just me because the Daily Show essentially uh isn't wasn't john stewart ranked the most trusted newsman in the yes. world at some point and it's and it's, it's, it's it's essentially just a, a, a show where he just makes fun of politicians but behind it it was like a heart he had heart to it where he wasn't like he's being genuine with the audience and he just that i think that's what everybody appealed to the show and and the skits were essentially you know find something you said and then find that you're being hypocritical about it later but there's some moments on The Daily Show where John would talk to the audience and talk to the crowd and talk to people watching and, and in a really genuine way. Anytime there was a, a, a tragedy or something like that, I would go to The Daily Show because I know Stewart would put it in perspective that I might not get from Fox News or MSNBC or CNN. John Stewart would break it down to me like I was a seven-year-old. He would explain it to me like I, you know where i could understand why did this happen well sometimes things happen and it's just a it's a great uh way to show news to people that may not even give a crap about world events politics any of that stuff and because it was tongue it firmly in the cheek and john stewart wasn't as let's say sardonic as a bill maher who's you know some people can take bill maher some people hate bill maher because he's the i'm smarter than you guy john stewart wasn't the smarter than you guy he's the he's the i'm one of you 
and he's presenting he's he's along the ride with you in terms of your world as you're living in it so yeah daily show is great uh, kevin knew it was not on your list and i know we get to these points where it shouldn't be if it belongs or it doesn't belong but do you think daily show belongs in the top 100 i can see an argument for it being in the top 100 what was it on like 21 seasons 20 some it's been it started in 1998 if i don't believe it. it's uh John Stewart was on for 16 years on the show. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, good Lord, that's some staying power. Uh, and yeah. I think there is something to say for its brand of what it was doing and, and kind of the intelligence of what they were doing. I don't have a problem with it being in the top 100. I expected to see it, especially after we talked about the um, the couple shows last episode, Colbert and... Uh, you know, with Letterman and Johnny Carson. So, I mean, I think it's probably the most intelligent out of all of those shows, maybe. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with it being in the top 100. I don't think I'd put it quite this high. I think I'd probably put it on the other side of 50. But uh, I think it's, like you said, you can't argue that it belongs somewhere in the top 100, I believe. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on The Daily Show? You also had this ranked around a little lower at, at 30, but uh, do you think it's too high? Or are you uh, happy with, with its placements? What are your thoughts? I'm actually quite happy of where it landed just because um, I, I feel like for the same reasons that uh, DJ was saying, like, I, I felt like I could trust him more so than it, he was more genuine and more real. And it, yeah, he was putting the comedy spin on it, but he wasn't trying to, I don't know, it, talk, talk down to you. Yeah, I mean, the other stations, like, they either talk down to you or they gloss over something. Like, they're just unemotional and uncaring, and he genuinely gave a shit. So I think that that's part of what made him so appealing, and the fact that um, he he wasn't afraid to get dirty. No, he would get dirty more, more ways than one. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts on The Daily Show? I know you hated the Gobe Report. Was it the same with The Daily Show? I just don't like Jon Stewart. Nothing against the show, really, and what it did. Um, <laughs> I don't have my hand in the Bible right now. Um, I I just couldn't couldn't get involved with it. I, I couldn't like it. I don't think I've ever seen a full um, episode. It's, it just really wasn't my bag. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think I'll have to kind of defend my top things. I could see that being a, a, a target for a lot of people. But I think I, I feel it's legitimate. I mean, looking at The Daily Show, I started watching it not too long before Jon Stewart came out when it was Krug Killed Warren's show. And it was this, it was kind of just this off-the-wall, wacky news show. It was funny, it was fine. But it really, when Stewart took over, it slowly became something more, especially in 2000, with Indecision 2000. It, it kind of hit a new level, and that's where it became it became more respected. It's one of one of Peabody. Uh, it you know its acclaim is undeniable. For ten consecutive years, it won an Emmy for best variety show for ten years, and it was only beaten by the Colbert Report, which it very much was the father of. It's also a, a show that has launched a number of careers from Ed Helms, Steve Carell, Steve Colbert. Uh, Rob Riggle, Rob Coldry, I could go on, Louis Black, D David Tell, <laughs> uh, I, I could go on for a very long time with people who you know, very much got their start, got their, their break because of The Daily Show, and probably the show I have the best and most relationship with, because you know, 16, 20 years, I've changed a lot as a person, obviously, within that time, and you know, The Daily Show is one I continue to stay with, and it it combined the smart, intelligent way of, but also kind of, it could be goofy and dumb fun as well. Uh, 
it's it's been said a lot, but like Stewart, I, I'm still trying to get used to Trevor Noah as as a comedian on it. But when when Stewart was was there, he was able to just he talked about with the Muppets like not treat you like a child, but he was the, the wall television wasn't there. It was just like he was talking to you as an individual, thinking of something like you know after September 11th when his was one of the first when he finally came back his was one of the first shows that i came and and dj like you mentioned after tragedy he just had a way of just dealing with it being sad about it finding a way to find humor if at all or just if it was just making fun of himself but it's just i don't know his in his interviews i usually hate talk shows when it comes to interviews i usually stop watching them at times some of his interviews are pretty bad when he's interviewing someone from some like hugh grant because of some tv show or movie he is coming out but when he's doing a political interview or he's interviewing one of his comedian friends like Dennis Leary or something like that. It's usually a lot of fun. And uh, he is, uh, when he, when he cares, <laughs> he's in a fantastic interview. Like he had the interview not before he left with the New York times reporter regarding uh, the war in Iraq war, the Iraq war interview. And like, it was one of the the best interviews of that topic. And it came from the daily show, a comedy show. So uh, I don't know. I can go again, similar with the West wing and go on forever talking about the daily show. Some may argue it's too high, but I think if you I think it's legacy is only going to gain and who knows what's going to happen now that he left. I think Trevor Noah is still kind of finding himself a little bit with it, but uh, you know, I think it's in good hands. So, all right. Any other thoughts before we move on to number 11? All righty. All right. Let's move on again to the final one before we get into our top 10. 11. Again, this is where we're getting into does it belong in the top 10? I, I'm really curious about a number 11. I think some may argue it should be higher. I don't think anyone's going to argue it should be lower for the most part. But coming in at number 11, we have The Sopranos with 1,205 points. It only beat The Daily Show by four points. It was on 16 list. It was number one for one person, another number one going down. DJ, let's move over to you on this one. Any thoughts on The Sopranos? I, um... I saw the first three seasons of Sopranos and I dropped. For me to get into a gangster show, I mean, and, and again, I know the, the Sopranos is one of the most acclaimed shows that I've seen in my generation. It's just, it kind of it lost its way for me. Uh, but I mean, James Gandolfini, God rest him, he was great on that show. Elaine uh, Brock was great on that show. It's just, I, I think during the, I think it picked up near the end. But I I I, I kind of fell off in the middle of it. But it, it's it, the first season. I loved it. I was like, oh, this is like I'm watching like a Goodfellas show. This is great. But uh, I think I, I what was the season where Joey Pants came on board? I, season three. Yeah, I that was the season where I was kind of like, I don't really <laughs> I, I, see. I loved it because he came on. I thought he was a cool character. He was the one that was obsessed with the Gladiator, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it. No matter what, I, I I I'm very particular in certain things where I I might get complacent about a show, but I know it's it was, it was a great show. The first season I loved, and James Gandolfini, any episode I turned on, he was he was that the show is probably going to define his career. Is that that character Tony Soprano? It's amazing. So uh, that performance. So yeah, Sopranos is it was one of the great, and I think it. HBO is already on the map at that point, but man, it came it, it, it rejuvenated in a huge way. HBO was on the map, but Sopranos transcended it. Transcended it, launched it, whatever you want to call it. Sopranos essentially did for HBO what The Shield did for FX, yeah. with launching FX's original series. And The Sopranos was just so damn 
good, whether it's a gangster show or not, which obviously it is, but it's one of those things where there are certain shows that you have certain characters that you really root for, whether they're hero or villain. This was a show that basically broke all of that. It didn't matter if it was hero or villain because you wanted to like Tony Soprano. You wanted to root for that character. Um, and the show was just amazing. I remember my aunt, may she rest in peace, and my uncle, uh, they used to watch this show every time it came on, every single week. That's all they talked about was Sopranos this, Sopranos that, and everything. This show was just amazing. Uh, and you're actually not too far off because you had it at 26. Do you think it's a little too high or you think it's at a good spot? Is it 11? No, I, I think it's at a good spot. I just, I don't know. I wish it was almost top five, maybe at number five or six, only because of the fact that it did so much and it affected so many lives. Like I said, you know, my aunt and uncle could not, when it was airing, every, this is one of those shows this is before the internet, you know, all that stuff. And But this was one of those shows that if you watched it the next day, you essentially had a family meeting to talk about, you essentially did a podcast before it was even a thing, you know, just having a discussion with your other family members that watched the, the show. Yeah. I mean, this, this is one of those, I guess you could say office water cooler kind of shows where every time you go into work the next day, everybody was talking about it. And the way they developed the character of Tony Soprano, the way they did Edie Falco's character, um, even the kids, uh, uh, Jamie Lynn Descala and, oh God, what's the son's name? I can't oh, remember. Crap. He was in Daredevil, the movie. <laughs> yes, that's what I wanted. Oh, stole my line. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, wait a minute. What's Tony Soprano Jr. doing in Daredevil? <laughs> um, but this show is one of, easily one of the best of all time. Top 10 at least. I mean, I know it's just missing it by a hair, but Oh, absolutely awesome. Kevin, looking at like the modern comedies or modern dramas that we have so far with The Sopranos, The Wire, Mad Men, West Wing, Game of Thrones, kind of the order, the backwards order that we have, uh, do you think people are going to think we got that order right? I mean, I think there's going to be debates. There's Well, first off, I, I, Doc and Marty must have brought me the internet before the rest of you guys. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think that Sopranos might benefit a little bit from being more that uh, show that would kind of ushered in, like you guys were saying, a different era of TV, maybe, even though it was airing alongside some of the shows that you mentioned. I, I think maybe in time it'll drop a little bit lower. But I could also say that maybe with those rush of shows that we've had over the last five to six years that maybe Sopranos lost a little bit already, maybe it kind of uh, was forgotten a little bit by some. And, you know, people now view Wire or like you with West Wing or, you know, somebody with maybe eventually Game of Thrones might be ranking them higher. I think it just kind of depends on what type of show, what genre of show you like better. Do you like mobster but you know shows better do you like your fantasy swords and sorcery better do you like more realistic political type stuff better uh, i think there's going to be some debate about the order of it but i don't think there's ever going to be a consensus with the shows you listed as to which one's better which one's worse etc so i think they're all deserving of being in the conversation and i def i don't see sopranos as top 10 material like mike but i cannot 
uh, argue against it being top 25. I think it definitely deserved to be talked about in today's episode. It debuted in 99, and I'm sorry, my grandparents did not have a computer <laughs> with the saying. internet in 1999. I'm just busting your Come balls, on man. Now. <laughs> Get on Hell, the TARDIS. That, 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 that was back in the, I prefer the DeLorean. That was back in the day where, uh, you know, you needed AO Hell to get online. Oh, man. You've got mail. Yeah. I, see, actually, I did have Sopranos in, in my top 10. I, I do think it's a, a top 10 show for, for sure. Not just because it, I mean, it's placed in, you know, aspect, not just on HBO, but if you look at, you know, we talked about that in today, we have the golden age of TV. People talk about it a lot. Like, what shows brought that along? To me, they're the two shows, one of them we talked about already with The West Wing and the other being The Sopranos, I think brought the type of drama that you can do in television to another level. And I think what's interesting about Sopranos, it's a mobster show, but at the heart of it, it's really a family drama, uh, at least for the early on, where it's really Tony Soprano trying to work out his issues with his own mother, with his kids, trying to have that uh, deal with the dichotomy of being a dad and also being a mobster and having how they deal with it. And you know, there's monster elements as well, but I always found that to be the most intriguing. It's like it's like watching a classic show from the '50s being a family show, but it's about mobsters or something like that. But in in you know James Gandolfini is just such a, a legit actor. I that guy is just a, a force. You know, Augustus. Are you fucking with me? No. Octavian became Augustus. Forget about that. Bottom line, Augustus was a Caesar. Not everybody loved him, right? You know why? I don't know that I give a fuck. Everybody loved him because he never ate alone. Gabish, it was the longest time of peace in Rome's history. He was a fair leader. And all his people loved him for that. Just the one that uh, they stabbed in the back? No, that was Julius. Talking about Augustus. He shared his wealth, and all his people loved him. You said that three fucking times. I heard it. His people loved him. What's your fucking point? Uh, you remember the story you told me about the father bull talking to the son? They're up on this hill. They're looking down at a bunch of cows. And the son goes to the father, Dad, why don't we run down there and fuck one of these cows? Now, you remember what the father said? The father says, son, why don't we walk down there and fuck them all? <laughs> I told you that. Yeah. Why don't we fuck them all? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, I get your point. Why don't you just come out with it instead of all this fucking Augustus? I'm always impressed when you have a genre. We talked about it with like Deadwood and a genre that has done so much. Monster movies have been done so much. It's a genre that's so well worn. When you can find new in interesting ways of displaying that genre or going after that genre or, or trying to like revitalize that genre in, in smart ways. When, I'm always impressed when people can do that, which is what I found with Sopranos. So uh, again, it's, it's has its claim 21 prime, uh, prime time Emmy awards, five golden globes. It probably would have won more Emmy awards if it wasn't for the West wing, because there were the two shows kind of going hand to hand each year. But uh, I was going to say, I think if we did like a, if we ever did a list of like top 100, Live action TV characters, I think Tony Soprano would definitely be on oh, that yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Alrighty. Well, any other thoughts before we move on to the uh, the elite ten of the countdown? Just think of it this way: it's Lorraine Bracco as his therapist. She was in Goodfellas. People, come on now. Oh, geez. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there that are are starting to get nervous because there's only ten spots left, and I think a lot of people have a lot of shows they still want to see. So it's going to be interesting here. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm sure we're. I feel the angry comments being written as we speak. <laughs> so, alrighty, well, let's get in there. Without any further ado, let's get into our top ten. Ten. Starting off our top ten. Sometimes you know, you just want to go where everyone knows your name. Because at number ten we have Cheers. It was on fifteen list. Highest ranked as number three uh, was. Uh, total points of 1,236. Again, we didn't have a lot of 80s comedies, but we're getting another one here. Uh, Kevin, we ended with you last time. Let's start with you here. You had this in your top 10. It's in the top 10. You happy where it's placing? Yeah, I mean, I had it at number 7, and it's at number 10, so I can't complain too much about that. Um, I think this is a whole... This is a comedy of a generation here. Uh, Anybody that was uh, an adult or a TV watcher... In the 80s, Cheers was one of those shows that they watched. It was, I believe, nominated for an Emmy almost every single year that it existed. In fact, I'm almost positive it's every year. Nine out of its, seven out of its 11 seasons, it was in the top 10 TV rated shows. Uh, it was number one on one of those years. So it has the ratings. It has the awards. It was definitely popular and talked about. I know none of those three are enough to make it on its list alone. But I think just for the generational impact and also for i i don't want to put cheers and friends in the same sentence but i'm I'm going to because in the same way that we were talking about friends is kind of that ensemble cast from the 90s in a different way cheers is that ensemble cast in the 80s it wasn't your typical comedy family thing or you know your prototypical sitcom type thing it was an ensemble cast with one setting basically and again if we were talking about some of the most iconic episodes or some of the most memorable episodes in tv history at least at least one of them would be coming from cheers uh mike i know last time we did talk about cheers i know it wasn't on your list but any thoughts on seeing it fall in the top 10 it's well-deserved. I mean, Cheers, for me, someone coming, you know, being born in Massachusetts and the whole bar thing was in Massachusetts and Sam Malone as a character played for the Red Sox and all that. And what I didn't like about Cheers as it went on was the constant cast changes. I mean, I'm sorry. Christy Alley's all right, but she's no Shelley Long. <laughs> True. Uh, the chemistry between Kirstie Alley and Ted Danson was okay, but it was better with the other two. Like I said last time, you know, you had Frasier, you had Cliff, you had Norm. I mean, hell, Cliff and Norm eventually became toys of their own in Toy Story, you know, so you got that. Um, I think the coolest episode that I remember off the top of my head was when uh, Carla decided to get revenge on her old teacher and shave half her head. Basically, Sinead O'Connor halfway. That was amazing. But absolutely love Cheers, yeah. Amanda, any thoughts on Cheers? Uh, definitely uh, before my time. What? <laughs> I, I, I remember I, they were just at the bar the whole time, right? That's the only set that they had was just at the bar i was no there were a couple other sets there was sam's apartment diane's apartment there were a few other sets but they were mainly at the bar yeah well all i remember is the bar and i was fucking bored with that um when i was <laughs> seven i didn't get to go to the bar uh, like <laughs> what's a bar <laughs> this, this this show technically though if we want to be real guys this show gets on our countdown for the theme song alone yeah <laughs> so very true very true 
Uh, DJ, I know last week you talked about uh, you weren't when we talked about Fraser, you weren't the biggest Cheers fan, but you have any issue with it falling in the top ten? I I get it. I mean, again, I like I said, if you're saying I, I, I'm a Fraser guy, and I was, God, I was, I was, I was old enough to watch it. I just again, I was probably too young to get it. But uh, when Fraser came out, I I, I got that, and I, I, I and I and the whole sh- love triangle thing with him and Fraser and Shelley Shelley, I, it was just like yeah okay. I, but when Fraser, I think. That type of show was more my speed than than Cheers. But again, I, but Woody, Woody Sorry. Harrelson. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's funny. I used to I used to hate him on that show, and I love everything he does now. <laughs> and Coach too. Coach was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it was just never it was never a show for me. Uh, but again, I get it. Cheers is uh, one of those staples. So yeah, I, I can understand. Yeah, in in like uh, Kevin mentioned, it was definitely a show of a generation. I had it at number fifteen, so I'm I'm not I'm right here with this. I think it definitely is deserving. I, it was again an awards darling. It it actually was nominated for 111 Emmy nominations. <laughs> I think you it's, just made that up. No, it's, <laughs> it, it's legit. All it, of the Emmys. <laughs> it won all the Emmys. It won it won only 28 times, but it was nominated for 111. Seven million Emmy nominations. <laughs> it's still getting nominated to this day. Today. <laughs> They still nominated, but yeah, and 31 Golden Globe nominations. It was highly popular. It was highly well received. So it's a, it is streaming on Netflix. For those who have not seen it, you can't check it out. So unless you're bored with bars, and then maybe you won't like it. But I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, any thoughts, thoughts on Cheers before we move on to number nine? All righty. Well, let's get into the next in the countdown. Nine. Well, we started with one the top ten with a 1980s comedy, and we're getting even older with another classic comedy. Coming in at number nine, we have All in the Family with 1,246 points. It was highest ranked as number three. It was on 17 list. Kevin, you were the highest ranker of this, so I will start with you here. Thoughts on All in the Family? I, I mean, it's in the top ten. Can't get too angry, but guessing, thinking this should definitely be a top five show. Take it away, meathead. <laughs> I don't know who that is that you're referring to, but um, no, I, I thank God we have this in the top ten. Good Lord, we would have had a, a hailstorm of <laughs> anger and people coming after if this was not in the, at least in the top ten. But I mean, again, as much as the Cheers is a generational show for the '80s, All in the Family is a generational show for the '70s. It ran the entire decade, basically starts at the beginning, ends at the end. Um, a bunch of awards, darlings as well, just kind of like Cheers. Uh, man, no, there's not many shows that can say that they were the number one rated show in the country five years, and All in the Family is one of those. Oh, well, come on, Irene, after all, it's a well-known fact, uh, men are weight more than women. <laughs> Archie, have you been reading Playboy? No, Irene, the Bible. <laughs> the Bible? The Bible. And in the Bible, it says, God made man his own image. He made women after, from a rib, a cheaper cut. <laughs> As a man, and if he was getting paid six dollars an hour, why should I get five fifty? Because Irene, you ki- you're getting what? <laughs> you're getting five fifty an hour? Archie, that's exactly what they're paying you. What they're paying me? There goes your rib theory. <laughs> 
and there goes the whole country, meathead. When you see the day that they're giving women the same pay as men and giving women the same jobs, where the hell is it all going to end? What are you going to say when a woman is managing the Mets? I'll say we have equality, right? Right. Right, Michael? <laughs> Let's think about that a minute. There's, I don't need to say anything about All in the Family. Everybody knows what All in the Family is, knows why it deserves to be on this list, and I'm just happy that we have it in the top ten. I don't care which spot it's at. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, it was funny because I watched a lot, a lot of classic TV growing up because my parents like to live in the past, but I was not all, <laughs> I, I was not allowed to watch All in the Family. So it was, uh, you know, because of you know Archie Bunker, he was a bigot. But he was also an amazing character, and uh, definitely, I would say it's the type of character we can't get away with today. But maybe we could uh, with with some TV. But uh, I don't know. Like it, like you said, I am super happy. It is where it is. It's within the the, the top ten. Like I said, I had it at five. There's certain things that we can do today with comedy that get away with, like cursing and whatnot. But when it talks, when you get into like dealing with other issues, sometimes we're we're a little bit more shaky. So I don't know if he can make All in the Family today. But uh, it's definitely a, a show that. Uh, was certainly important for a number of reasons. You had spinoffs like the Jeffersons, so it has, has had a lot. Uh, we had a lot of other spinoffs after All in the Family, so it's it's uh, had some revival series as well. Uh, Steve, I'll move over to you. You had this on your list, but you had it, you had it at the other end. So, what are your thoughts of seeing it here falling in within the top ten? I'm I'm glad it's here. I mean, it definitely deserves to be on the list. It, I no matter where it's placed, I I think that it's it's pretty iconic and in and of itself and. Uh, yeah, I, I most everybody's heard of it, so I, I really don't think that there's much to explain there. But yeah, I, I I'm glad that it showed up. Yeah, it's like finding out Michael Jordan's in your top ten <laughs> basketball players of all time. If he was in the top ten baseball players of all time, you might have. To <laughs> yeah, there might be a problem there. Yeah, there might be a huge. Might be, problem he might be in the top ten Chicago White Sox of all time. Oh, <laughs> boy, oh, oh man. messed up. <laughs> DJ, any thoughts on all in the family? Uh yeah, this show was way ahead of its time, and uh, I I remember watching this uh back when I was alive. Yeah, back when uh, I was you know seventy three years old. No, uh, the thing about this show is it makes you fall in I guess fall in love with this guy, and he's one of the most reprehensible people on the planet. (laughs) He's an asshole. Yeah, essentially, he's just a you know racist asshole, and uh, I still like I still I still love him, and and. This show kind of ruined Rob Reiner for me for a little while because I was like, wait, Meathead's directing this movie? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know that's what everybody thought. Yeah. And then, you know, it was like Princess Bride directed by Rob Reiner. I mean, get me out of here. But no, it's it's such a good show. Um, I, I, I didn't, uh, I, I think I was more akin to, I was a Jeffersons fan and the Jeffersons was a spinoff of this show. So I, th- if you ever want to have a treat, just watch George Jefferson. <laughs> Archie Bunker have a conversation. It's pr- probably one of the funniest things you'll see. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts before we move on to the next in the countdown? Just going to preface this by saying um, I don't care about the hate I'm about to give for this statement. Uh, Should have been family matters. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the hate, so have <laughs> Steve, oh, get off the line, totally Urkel. <laughs> did she do that? He did that. He actually did Man, brave. I gotta say, brave, brave. I feel like this is an episode of Candid Camera, except for audio right now. I think Steve Urkel has the right gun points. They say, 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 say family matters. Dave's gonna win. Dave. <laughs> that's what I grew up. I didn't, I didn't watch All in the Family. I watched Family Matters. So that's where my, um, my They're, heart lies. Just, just because they both have family in the title 
that's I am justifying that because I have family matters on in my top twenty five, and I think that it should. I be. would back you if uh, if you know Reginald Bell Johnson was playing Al Powell, then I <laughs> that would be. Awesome. But he's playing Carl Winslow, so I have to back away. <laughs> I always I always assumed they're in the same universe because I would just want to see a, a, a John McClane meet up with Steve Urkel. Oh God, I'd pay money. <laughs> I would too. Cash yeah. money. Steve Urkel is a limo driver. <laughs> you're you're very fast, our guy. Hey, hey, John, I I need you to get this 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 thing for me. Alrighty. <laughs> well, I think that uh, we talked about having a show with reprehensible characters that might happen again with our number eight. Eight. Ironically, we, you know, we had Roseanne and Married with Children kind of fall head-to-head, head head, and these are very different shows when it, all in family in this, but I think definitely you can see influences. As coming in at number eight, it's our first animated show of this portion of the countdown with South Park. Uh, 1,395 points. It was on 19 lists. Didn't rank number one for one person. Amanda, you had this in your top 20 as well, so I know you'd probably rather this be Family Matters, but what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. Now, I, uh, I have South Park at number 19. I've seen so much South Park. It's ridiculous. Um, there's a reason why there's so many seasons of the show. It, it's another one of those that tackles those sensitive topics or the now topics that everybody is talking about or curious about and or are just, you know, too scared to bring up. Um, even making fun of fucking Canadians. Like, uh, <laughs> love that. <laughs> you do that. half our audience, that boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. But, um... Let's not talk about that. I think that there's there's a lot of controversy, of course, that, that surrounds this, but I I always got a kick out of it. Um Baby Fox McGee's ex from the um the Pinewood Derby episode slayed me. That's in the newer episodes, but um I I just I find a lot that I can always have fun with and I'm not ashamed to know the words to Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. <laughs> nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on South Park falling here at number eight? You think it's a little too high, or do you think it's uh, you know what are your what do you feel about South Park coming in in our top ten? I remember when South Park first debuted. Uh, one of the biggest things Cartman ever said was "knock off that tree hugging hippie crap" that was used at radio stations everywhere that week. Um, South Park is a show that essentially takes pop culture, makes fun of it, and makes a lesson out of it all at the same time. It's very timely of a show. And the, and like we said a few, uh, I think we said it either last time or the episode before last week, where even today they can take, you know, you know, you talk about, you know, DJ, we talk about Law & Order ripped from the headlines. Yeah. It's exactly what South Park does. It's a comedy does, version except, of ripped from the headlines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except they, except they rip up the headlines. They don't, it's not ripped from, they rip them up. And they basically, like, the most recent episode that I had seen was the uh, the Yelp episode. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. But everything that Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I almost mixed the names up again. Uh, everything they've done with the show is just absolutely amazing. Even even if it is an animated show, it definitely deserves to be here. Um, I I don't watch it all the time. I catch episodes here and there. I used to watch it a lot, you know, a few years ago. 
But if there's an episode with a really hot button issue, you know, being lambasted, I will most definitely watch it. Definitely. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on South Park? I used to be an avid watcher of the show. I just, I haven't recently, but that's because I don't have the channel. But um, I do see the, the critical acclaim behind it and the fact that it's it's still ongoing and the fact that, um, one, they can, they're the most timely with their, their information and stuff that they're hitting with the news or with the, the pop culture or anything else because they, they um, produce a lot of episodes pretty, you know, much on the fly compared to Simpsons where you'll have to wait six months for a payoff. <laughs> well, yeah, Simpsons, you wait six months for an episode to be animated. South Park, they get the episode done in six days. Yeah, turnover rate is freaking cool. Especially when half the voices are the creators. <laughs> but what about the guests that they do have? I mean, or like the the um, the celebrities that they put on there. I mean, Mel Gibson. Do you guys remember Mel Gibson in this? Was that actually Mel Gibson? I know George Clooney was the dog. <laughs> no, like, I, don't, I don't think Mel Gibson his, was actually his portrayal. On no, his their portrayal of Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not. There's no way that Mel Gibson would agree to do that. <laughs> I was like, if Mel Gibson actually did that, I might turn my opinion. Forward. <laughs> He's too busy calling people sugar tits to exactly, really get exactly. in on it. <laughs> you know, this show is one and a half seasons or, or two seasons away of beating Law and Order as far as a longest running primetime show. Law and Order, you better... Because it's got 19 seasons at this point. Dick Wolf better get on, get on top of that. <laughs> Have a research <laughs> he's, too, he's, too busy in, he's too busy in Chicago with fire and PD <laughs> and med. Uh, DJ, it's not too far off from you. You rank South Park, so thoughts on it seeing here at number eight. Uh, a show that's this offensive and mean-spirited and <laughs> uh, just just in your face not giving a shit and th still this smart it, it, it's crazy to me i mean i i i test for me personally it has one of the funniest jokes i've ever heard which is the naggers joke from wheel of fortune i laugh <laughs> every single time and it's not just the payoff because the payoff is perfect it's the it's the black uh cameraman who leans over when he's looking waiting for Stan's father to say it. It's just so it the show every time I think I think they're just just making like poop jokes or, you know, shit jokes. No, they will do that, of course, and they'll kill Kenny, but then they'll say something that's <laughs> they'll they'll say something that's really, really intelligent. They'll look at it in a way where you're like, damn, that's actually exactly what I was kind of mulling around in my head, but they just put it in a way where I couldn't say it. It's it, it, the show is hilarious. And when they take out shows like Family Guy in, in, in uh, Simpsons, which I mean, I when I, I started as a Simpsons person, but I kind of leaned towards uh, South Park when I got older because it's just I don't know. Simpsons became a malaise where South Park was always edgy. It was never it was never pulling punches. It was right in your face, and like it's never not been edgy. Yeah, it's, from 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 the first episode to now, it's just I don't believe they're gonna say that. I don't believe they're talking about shit. I don't believe this person, <laughs> it, 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 Mr. Hat and uh, what was the uh, Mr. Slave, just stuff. Father yeah. Streisand, they're mixing with Akira. It's like, what are you? Are you kidding me? It's like, yeah, you're, you're probably never gonna see a show as originally, as original as a, as a South Park, not for a while. And you're never gonna have a lunchroom monitor better than Chef, no, sure. especially with Isaac Hayes oh, behind his yes. voice. Scientology, be damned. He was great. Don't say that too loud. They're, 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 oh, they're listening. Scientology, be damned. <laughs> he was great. Uh, Kevin, uh, question for you. I mean, we 
had an idea we'd see animated shows, but are you surprised? We got a lot of them, and surprised we're seeing South Park so high. Yeah, I, I thought we'd only get like two or three on this whole list. I'm surprised at how many we got. I think South Park is a show that our parents' generation will never understand how intelligent or clever it was. Uh, they Everybody at that time just saw it on the surface value. And like everybody said, it's so clever. It's so intelligently written. And the commentary, social commentary is so right on. Uh, I think I wouldn't put it in the top 10. But if we had not ranked it higher than Beavis and Butthead, Futurama and Family Guy, I think we would have been in trouble. So I'm glad it showed up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm usually one that says, like, number of seasons is, is not a big deal. But for South Park, to me, it is because very rarely do you, can a show go, like, seven seasons and still be high caliber. And South Park still does that. They still have great episodes. They maybe not be as uh, as many great episodes per season, but still. And also still, like, in the zeitgeist and talked about people. It's one of those shows people cite in debates. But it's like, well, in South Park, they portrayed this perfectly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you see it all the time. I know with the, the PC principle was a big one recently and my only my only concern with south park though is that is it too much in the now where where it is that six eight turnaround does it just hit a story that like in three years from now you're watching it and like i don't even know what this is referring to so it won't have the same impact you do you do run that risk i think so i think that would be enough you against it risk but i think it's also south park essentially is a time capsule and yeah history, it, everybody in high school at one point or another did a time capsule that's essentially what the first 18 seasons of south park are and then, you know, going forward, season 19, 20, however many it does get, it ends up being, even if you watch a, an episode from season 19, three years from now, you can go back and be like, oh, that was what the world was like. We were, you know, all, all about the Yelp reviewers, or we were all about the Apple end user agreement, or, you know, what was the one? Um, Warcraft. The, <laughs> the what? The war? Yeah, oh, the Warcraft. God, that is no, the, one of the best. <laughs> there was one. Um, oh damn it! The no, I think that was the Apple one with, with the centipede. That yeah, was the Apple yeah. one. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I think that's the beauty of it is it doesn't. Everyone always says that certain shows are are you know a, a product of their times. The South Park is that, but it's also I think it's more of a looking glass than anything else. Point taken, point taken. All right, any other thoughts on South Park before we move on to the next the countdown? Naggers. <laughs> naggers. Oh, naggers. <laughs> All righty. Let's move on to the next in the countdown. Seven. Uh, I'm not sure how this is going to go with some people in the countdown tonight because it's a show I know it's very special for a lot of people that are speaking right now. Coming in at number seven, we have Star Trek. Enterprise, no. Star Trek is the next generation. Bacula? Oh. I love Bacula. With 1,436 points, it was on on 20 lists, as highest ranked as number three. Uh, You know what, Steve? I got to start with a person who has a Star Trek podcast, Star Trek Generation, coming in top ten. You happy to see it here? Uh, Absolutely. I... Out of all of the Star Trek shows, I'm definitely glad this is the one that shows up in the top ten. I This is probably, to me, one of the strongest uh, written and uh, casted Star Trek shows overall. Because I've been given unusual powers, I am not suddenly a monster. Except for these abilities, and I don't yet know how far they go, I'm the same William T. Riker you've always known. 
Well. Everyone still looks uncomfortable. Perhaps they're all remembering that old saying, power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. Do you believe I haven't thought of that, Jean-Luc? And have you noticed how you and I are now on a first-name basis? Number one, Will. Something has happened already. Uh, yes, the original series was iconic, but I think this one even kind of one-ups it. Uh, because without this, they would never have had the rest of the movies. They would never have had DS9, Voyager, or Enterprise. And uh, I, I think that it just has the most staying power, as well as uh, the fact that it had been Emmy-nominated for several episodes. Um, I think it won for a couple of them, like Best of Both Worlds. Um, but it's... it's it's I, I find it the most intelligent and, and uh, uplifting Star Trek show out of all of them because it's it's just a lot of it's the cast and the writing. Kevin, I know you're another huge Star Trek fan. This was in your top ten. Happy to see it fall here at number seven. Yeah, I'm super happy that it's in the top ten. I'm actually shocked that 20 people had this on their list because... I always thought that Star Trek was something that you either liked or there was a lot of people out there that didn't really care for it. So I'm happy that 20 people listed this. I definitely think it deserves to be in the top 10. Um, it definitely deserves to be way higher than the other Star Trek entries that we already had in the top 100. And I guess my biggest argument in support of this is not... Uh, th those modern action and drama shows, notwithstanding that I mentioned that I haven't seen enough of like The Wire and West Wing, etc., I can't comment on those, but out of all of these other shows that we're talking about, this is probably one of the most intelligently written shows that we're talking about. I mean, the the storytelling that they do, the concepts that they tackle, the metaphors and analogies and stuff that they draw to different, you know, how they relate it to different things in life are, are really great. Like Steve said, the characters, you can't bet against Patrick Stewart. I mean, are you kidding me? So... There's just a lot to love about this, and one thing that it did do is it was, for the most part, pretty consistent. I mean, any show that's on seven seasons is going to have a stinker episode here or there, but overall, it didn't seem that it ever really had like an entire season where you're like, well, that season kind of was in the toilet. It was, it was pretty high caliber throughout, so I'm super happy that it's top ten. I mean, I know when we talked about the original series, you said you're a Picard girl, so are you happy to see Picard in number seven? Yeah, um, I'm not surprised to see it in the uh, the top ten here. I've got it at 21, just because um, I don't remember too much about individual episodes, um, but uh, it definitely stuck with me. I, I remember the look and the feel. Um, and how much I was engaged and how much fun I had with it. So I'm, I'm glad to see it here and no surprise that it made its way to the top 10 in a geek-centric list. Reading Rainbow represented. Sorry. <laughs> Take a look. I, I, can, I, I combined those. That's why it's so high. No, really. I did not do that. Don't, don't. I don't think I did that. Uh, <laughs> Mike, thoughts on Star Trek The Next Generation? This was my first Star Trek show as a kid in 87, 88. And I had seen a number of episodes over and over and over again. It actually took Steve. Uh, we were trying to get done, and we will eventually get it done eventually. We're trying to do a movie spotlight on uh, on MWire for the Star Trek films. And uh, 
he told me to which episode was it that you told me to go watch the one with scotty what's the episode called i don't I'm, I'm not the yeah he told me to go watch relics and i go watch it and i thought the episode was great and the best joke out of the whole series with the original cast was my sharp, my ship was the original Enterprise. We didn't need any A, B, C. No, D, he said e. he was he was contacting the holodeck and said, oh, oh buddy, right. A, B, C, a, B, or C. D." Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Um, but no, I remember this as a kid watching Jonathan Frakes as number one, watching Lavar Burton as Geordi, watching Michael Dorn as as Worf, and obviously John Luke Picard with Patrick Stewart, and. The show just reshaped a lot of people's minds to Star Trek because, as we've already said, this show lasted, what, seven years? Yep. Seven seasons? Seven seasons, four movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. I had seen, like, Voyage Home and Undiscovered Country and Final Frontier. I had seen bits and pieces of those as a kid, but First Contact was the very first Star Trek movie I ever actually went to the theater and see. Uh, and without this show, that movie would have never happened. And honestly, without this show, we wouldn't have the awesomeness that is DS9. All right. Uh, DJ, any thoughts on Star Trek Next Generation? Well, uh, I think I may have said this before. I was raised at gunpoint as a Kirk guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my stepfather was like, you'll, you'll like Kirk. You'll, oh, you're going to fucking like him. Uh, but uh, as I, you know, and I got older, I started to appreciate Picard because... At first, I thought he was like, oh, he's the old stick-in-the-mud guy. But the whole the whole Borg thing really gave him character. And then when it got into, I found out that, spoiler alert, I guess, uh, the whole situation, I'll, I'll, I'll tap dance around it. The whole situation between him and Cisco on Deep Space Nine, I thought that was, it just gave him more character. And I started to appreciate him. I'm still a Kirk guy, step that, don't kill me. Uh, but uh, I, I do appreciate Picard, and Patrick Stewart is a pimp. There's no way around it. Patrick Stewart will always be a pimp. The man doesn't age, for Christ's sake. And uh, the, the show, uh, I, 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 I liked the, the transition it did for the movie. Some of the, some of the shows I, I caught sporadically, but because of its longevity, uh, which far surpasses the original show, the, the original show's uh, bread and butter is the films, not the show, but uh, it, it has to, I, I can see it being on this list. I don't think it should be this high. I don't think it should be higher than The Wire. So, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, it's 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 a good show. I, I I think I would have had a little bit lower than this. I mean, it does have uh, some acclaim. It was the first show that a syndicated show to be nominated for an Emmy. So that similar to Mad Men being the first show to win for uh, being a basic cable show. So it did it did break that ground in its seventh season. But all right, any other sh- thoughts on Star Trek before we move on to number six? Fifteen years ago, imagine when the news came out in two thousand that. John Lu- Captain John Luke Picard was going to be Professor Xavier. But I was, I was happy because I was like, I was too. No, exactly like, like Professor Xavier. Exactly. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. Well, for number six, I think number six might be a surprise, but I'm I'll be I'm kind of surprised it's gonna be a surprise. If that makes any sense, I don't know. All right, let's see how it goes. Six. Coming in at number six, we are about to enter a zone. The Twilight Zone, and in at number six with fourteen hundred and fifty-three points, it was on nineteen lists, highest ranked as number one by two people. So similar to The Wire, which was number one for two people, this was also number one for two people. Uh, actually, Amanda, I will start with you because you had this ranked on your list as well. 
surprised to see the Twilight Zone coming in here at number six. Yeah, I have it 64, so uh, quite a bit um, off from my um, spot here. I, I do think that it's super iconic and um, fun show. Definitely not a surprise it's uh, ending up on this list, um, geek-centric or not. Um, every time I drive in the snow in, at night when you're driving with the lights on and there's no street lights and it looks like that, that warp, I play the Twilight Zone song in my head and um get a little freaked out but i think that it uh i, I want to say it was revolutionary i don't know because i wasn't living in that time period but <laughs> i feel like i feel like PJ? it should be <laughs> i'll tell you what was going on at that time no i'm going <laughs> i do feel like it, it deserves a spot on the list but i don't know about this high number one two two people ranked it at number one i'm, I'm pretty shocked about that <laughs> uh kevin any thoughts on the twilight zone I was trying to figure out what the one surprise show was that was going to make our top 10 because I didn't have it listed. I, I'm like, I know every other show that's going to show up and then there's one spot that I don't have filled. So this is it. Uh, I think Twilight Zone, I did not rank it, but I totally can see it being in the top 100. I can even make a, see people making an argument for top 25, especially with a geek-centric list. I'm a little shocked that people have this ranked number one, and I think maybe top 10 is a slight... Uh, push to be this high, but I can see an argument for the top 25, so I don't have a, a big issue with it. See, I actually, I had it at number three, and I think it is a top 10 show, because if you look at influence, I think it's it's a show that's influenced probably more so when it comes to the realm of television, storytelling, movies, than any other TV show. I mean, look at directors like Spielberg, and from more so than any... Look at Twilight Zone and, and storytelling techniques more so than anything. You know, so much so that when they had the movies in the '80s, they wanted to take part of it. If you were to look at the best television episodes ever, I guarantee you, if you did that list, that Twilight Zone would probably have up there as many as any other shows. It it's storytelling. It's it, it's ability to create brilliant short stories episode per episode. It was unlike anything. It's still today to that level. You walk into this room at your own risk because it leads to the future. Not a future that will be, but one that might be. This is not a new world. It is simply an extension of what began in the old one. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. It has refinements, technological advances, and a more sophisticated approach to the destruction of human freedom. But like every one of the super states that preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. I mean, so many shows have parodied, used, from we just talked about Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation. There are many episodes of that show that are based on shows that came in because of the Twilight Zone. Same thing with South Park, same thing with other shows. It's kind of this flower that many people go back to to, to then retell. I mean, there's, there's been so many movies that have been made based upon Twilight Zone episodes, so many TV shows that have used it too. So I do think it's worthy of the top 10. And I think maybe people don't, 
they, they think, oh, it's a sci-fi show. But if you go back and watch it, it was high-caliber storytelling from television show that was on caliber of other science fiction being told at the time. If anything, it's probably better than most of science fiction movies at that time. You know, um, Dan, did you yeah. have Alfred Hitchcock Presents in your top 10, too, then? I did not. I had that in my top 25. Do you think there's much of a separation, though, between the impact or the effect that either one of those had? Definitely. I think Twilight Zone is, is you know, if Hitchcock had its impact, but it's not nearly to the level of, of the Twilight Zone. I think I need to go back and revisit both, because it's been a long time since I've seen either one. Did you see the um, the newer vibed one of the Twilight Zone? I think... Um, are you speaking English? Um, what's What's his nuts from Ninety Eight Degrees was actually on there, and so was Jessica Simpson. No, I didn't see it. No, Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey was actually. Why in, did we just mention Twilight those two people? Why do I know that name? Oh, <laughs> name. So so easily, yeah. Uh, there was two. There was that revival series. There's one in the eighties as well. I do think sometimes people there's might be a misunderstanding of how great it was. Just to, to show you, I mean, it, Writers Guild of America in 2013 rated. It the third best written TV show of all time. TV Guide, 50 greatest TV shows of all time. It ranked within that, within their top 25. TV Guide did 100 greatest episodes of all time. And it has three in the top 11. There is a huge amount of respect out there for it. And I think people just, I don't know, maybe it's a novelty that people think it was. But really, it's, I think, maybe a little underappreciated. But anyways, well, I think, I'll it, stop I think it also could depend on if people value more of the you know, individual stories and individual writing like that versus maybe some other people who like the overarching, you know, five season continuity storytelling mode. You know what I mean? So I think some people could gravitate one way or the other. I'm not saying I'm either way. I just need to go back and revisit it because I haven't seen it probably in uh, over a decade at least. I think um, it's still, I think it's still on Netflix and in Amazon prime, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, I don't know. I think it's it's quite the show. And like you said, that could be because a lot of people think of TV, they think of character building, but it's sort of like the Twilight Zone. That, that's definitely not happening. So, Though you could blame it that he may have given us M. Night Shyamalan because he seems, <laughs> to, seems to try to uh, model his endings off of the Twilight Zone. So that could be could be a negative. But Steve or Mike, any thoughts on the Twilight Zone? No, uh, I haven't seen much of it, but what I have seen of it, uh, of course, they're the old shorts, you know, black and white and everything. And uh, I love the the stuff that i've seen of it um there's no denying that it, it's had a uh impact on not only the kind of like horror kind of mind screwing you know thriller type uh sci-fi it's got a nice mix of everything in it so i i can definitely see the appeal for it and the reason that it's it's ranked as high uh dj any other thoughts before we move on to the next in the countdown uh, well, pretty much whatever you guys were saying, it's it's influenced so many things. I'm not a big, I'm not really big into this genre, but I've seen the William Shatner one, which uh, was great, uh, and the Talking Tina, which is essentially Chucky. <laughs> uh, uh, and I, without Twilight Zone, we wouldn't have Black Mirror. And I don't know if anybody's seen Black Mirror. That show is ridiculous and essentially is taking a lot from what the Twilight Zone is doing. So yeah, yeah, Twilight Zone's uh, it's it I can. I think this might be a little too high for me personally, but it, it, it's it's a groundbreaking show. So, and I would probably put it ahead of Alfred Hitchcock presents. All right. Any other thoughts before we move on to number five? All right. Let's see what's next in the countdown. Five. For number five, we are returning to the world of comedy. As in number five, we have Hello Newman, 
Seinfeld with 1,453 points. It was on 19 lists, highest ranked as number one. So it was number one for one person. No doubt, the classic known as Seinfeld. Uh, let's see, Mike, we didn't hear from you last time, so let's start with you here. Thoughts on seeing Seinfeld fall here at number five? I remember as a kid, my dad and my stepmom used to watch it all the time, and at the time we had had one of those log cabins, and where my bedroom was, it was the overhang kind of thing, so I would essentially fall asleep to yada, 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 or... You know, I was in the, it was in the pool, you know, it just all this stuff. And just go, I'm actually going back right now as, as we're doing this episode, as we're doing this countdown, I'm actually watching every single episode from all nine seasons because they're all on Hulu. And I did not remember because when this came out, I was way too young for it. Um, I didn't remember that season one was only five episodes. Oh, wow. I didn't that was just, remember that. <laughs> I mean, it was just, well, because I'm, I'm going back and watching it. On, like I said, on, on Hulu, but everything about this show, I mean, you know, you got the bow tie killer as Kramer. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Simply amazing. And, you know, I, I lately, this year specifically, I tend to use Serenity Now a lot, but the show, the writing, the comedy, yeah, it's 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 built around Jerry's Jerry's comedy act, and that's all well and good. I'm glad they only do that at the beginning and end of the show, and then the rest of the show is whatever story, whatever episode they're going to do that week. But who did not absolutely love Seinfeld? Me. <laughs> You're too young. Yeah, this is definitely one I need. Obviously, to I need to revisit as an adult. I just cannot get on board at all with it. Um, I think maybe by the time I was watching it, it might have been um, a, obviously in rerun form. I think so none of it really held up for me. I, the only thing I remember is the soup Nazi and Elaine dancing horribly and them sitting in a diner. I just, I think it definitely was too adult for, for my time. The thing, the thing for me really quick and I'll let everybody else go is I find myself in my life, you know, obviously we're all filled with choices, but for me personally, there was two things that I took a completely different path. And I've told part of this story a lot of times. Uh, I could have either, you know, read a, a book series about a former lingerie buyer turned a former lingerie buyer turned bounty hunter or Harry Plopper. Well, I picked the former lingerie buyer turned bounty hunter. I could watch Friends or I could watch Seinfeld. Seinfeld is infinitely better than Friends, in my personal opinion. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it just has more staying power. It has better written characters than Friends did. I, I think that's certainly a, a debate to have. Uh, Kev, let's move over to you, because you had this in your top ten at number ten, so thoughts on seeing it fall within the top five? I mean, it, this is a slam dunk show. It has to be in the episode today, regardless of where you put it, or, you know, top ten, top fifteen, top five. It, it's an automatic selection. Um, I think one thing that you get with... Uh, we have a theme going in today's episode, because I think we've talked about the writing on at least half, if not 75% of the shows we've listed today. It's definitely what I think separates a lot of these shows from some of the other ones that we've talked about previous is the the amount of intelligent and uh, just creative writing that we got in this. And there was no show like Seinfeld before. It broke the mold. So uh, it's, an, it's iconic. It belongs here. There's no way you can argue that this is not supposed to be talked about today. Uh, it's... 
DJ, I know you have a lot of love for Seinfeld, so happy seeing it here at number five. I'm happy. Uh, the thing about uh, Vanna was saying she she wanted to revisit it. The good thing is you can because it all the episodes kind <laughs> of hold up, uh, pretty much hold up. I mean, because the show is not really about anything uh, specifically timely. It's a it's it's about the weird things everyone does. They say it's a show about nothing, but it's essentially about people and the weird crap that people do <laughs> like i don't want to ask this girl her name but i know it rhymes with a female body part so i'll just <laughs> try and figure it out by this yelling mulva and <laughs> you know all this other stuff it's just you know these little picadillos that everybody has it makes fun of and you can those aren't going away <laughs> those they had them in the 50s they have them now they'll have them in the future that's what makes it great and it's one of the few like uh laugh tracky kind of shows that i like it's a married with children and this uh, where you know the audience is there some i, I prefer my comedy without the laugh track but th this is one of those shows where the, the the writing was so good the characters are so fleshed out and their own thing elaine is completely is funny in a completely different way than kramer is funny who is completely different uh who's uh, different than george is funny and has Seinfeld's funny, or Newman, or any of these guys, Soup Nazi, everybody, uh, uh, <laughs> Vandalay Industries. There's, there's so many great stuff that's coming out of this show. Uh, what was the lawyer, the the, the Johnny Cochran ripoff? Uh, I always forget his freaking name. Um, Jackie, Jackie Childs. Childs. Jackie Childs was awesome. awesome. That was Phil Morris. I, I, oh, my another God. Another one of these shows where any character that comes in usually knocks it out. Uncle, Uncle Leo. I just, just crazy characters out of anywhere. And it's not like... Jerry, hello. <laughs> Jerry, you know. <laughs> Where it, where where you just have little things that people do, and we're making we're we're bringing attention to it. If it's the if it's the the you know the the masturbation episode, it's the girl with the man hands. It's John Drudge Reinhold, the close talker. It's just so many little things <laughs> that are in this show that just make it hold up forever. I think. Kramer, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Contest is one of the greatest things ever. Kramer turning into a, a Kenny Rogers chicken and Numa wanting to eat him. It's just so much. Kramer getting thrown into a, a, the river in a sack. You know, it's just so much good stuff going on in Seinfeld. Uh, Steve, any thoughts before we move on to the next in the countdown? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All righty. All right. Well, we're moving. We're getting into the nitty gritty here. So let's see what's happening with our next entry. Four. Well, we knew we'd get the show eventually. The question was when we are returning to the world of animation, so you can guess what show this is. As in number four, we have those zany Simpsons as the Simpsons with 1,548 points. It was on 19 list. This was ranked number three by three people. So it was we've had one show ranked three by number one by two people. This is by far the one ranked three uh, number one by the most people so far in the countdown. Uh, let's see, Steve. We ended with you last time. Let's start with you here. Thoughts on seeing the Simpsons fall at number four? I'm not surprised. <laughs> surprised that it's number four, yes, but not surprised that it's on the list. It's been one of those shows that I think almost everybody's watched oh, at some point in their life. There, Annie Oakley. I don't have to be careful. I got a gun. Well, you probably want the accessory kit, holster. Oh yeah. Bandolier. Baby. Silencer. Mm-hmm. Loudener. Uh. Speed cocker. Ooh, I like the sound of that. And this is for shooting down police helicopters. Oh, I don't need anything like that. Yet. Just give me my gun. Sorry, the law requires a five-day waiting period. We've got to run a background check. 
five days, but I'm mad now. Yeah. I'd kill you if I had my gun. Yeah, well, you don't. And, and like I said earlier, yeah, they aren't the most up-to-date with their stuff, but I still find the show very entertaining. And they do tend to get a lot more of the actual uh, guests to show up of uh, celebrities to voice characters. Even if it's not them playing themselves or a character that they played, it's it's still fun to see. You know, like the, the monorail episode, you get um, Leonard Nimoy showing up by the end of it and, and beaming away and... and Written by Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a it's a really well done show, and and all these guys that have been on it for the you know the last what twenty five years, um, have have just knocked it out of the park. To, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of repetitive at some points and and old, and yeah, they've switched some stuff up this year, but it's uh, it's still an iconic show, even from way back when. Uh, Mike, thoughts on seeing The Simpsons fall here? I think it's good. Um, the Simpsons, to me, honestly, is 89 to 92. Don't get me wrong. I've watched it the whole time. But that when it debuted on Fox as its own separate thing with Santa's Little Helper outside of the Tracy Ullman show, and then going into 1990, 91, that was the... <laughs> That was the apex of Bart mania. I had every single thing Bart Simpson back then. It was just simply amazing. They've done musical albums. They've done all this stuff. Probably the first show to really expose a comic book guy. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, honestly, 25 years or, well, I, I think it's on season 27 at this point, but, uh, you know, Simpsons, life well spent. Definitely, definitely. Uh, TJ, move on over to you. I'm guessing with the debate, South Park, Simpsons. I mean, I, I think now in my life I'm a South Park guy, but I mean, there was like it, it's undeniable. Everybody was a Simpsons person when it started off as a Bart the Bart show, and then it turned into the Homer show. And near, uh, man, I want to right around that time, it started to fall. I, right around the time South Park kind of came around. Is where I think Simpsons, for me personally, was kind of falling off a little bit. But uh, it, it's it's again, it was a phenomenon. I, I had the lunchbox, I had the Bartman T-shirt, I had the, everything. It was it, it's it, I think it should have maybe ended <laughs> maybe ten seasons ago, because <laughs> yeah. just for its own legacy sake. Because then you're now you're gonna have all these seasons that have been out that are kind of tarnishing. But how how many times have you run home to watch the Halloween episodes? Those are one of the greatest uh, thing you got to see uh, Homer Simpson kill his own son, <laughs> <laughs> literally kill him. But yeah, yeah, it's it, it, and it, the way they were messing with pop culture, you know, I think South Park has now transcended them and done it a little bit smarter for me personally. And I know people still love the Simpsons and they worship the altar of uh, Matt Groening. So, but yeah, Simpsons is a great great show. I just. I think now, where it is now, I don't think it would be this high. But if you're taking overall and what it did for animation in general, you know, for, for adults, you can, I can understand it being this high. Especially Sunday night, prime time, prime time 8 o'clock yeah. animation. That yeah. was amazing. Seth MacFarlane needs to be like, thank God you existed. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I you know you mentioned all the merchandise, and I mentioned it earlier too. I remember when Desert Storm was going on. I had a Rambart shirt. Yeah, Rambart. I remember. It was so <laughs> awesome. 
You were alive during Desert Storm? We all were. I'm 35 oh. years old. Do the math. World War II. I was there. <laughs> were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Early you 90s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amanda, you had this ranked pretty high as well at, at 13. So do you think it's deserving of the top 10 here, or top 5, actually, as we're getting Simpsons at number 4? Yeah, I guess so. I think that um, I might like South Park as a show. I might enjoy that one better. But I think as a quality show overall, um, I can see how it, it beat out South Park. Um, I think I had like a Pizza Hut puppet or something like that, a Bart Simpson, like a, a doll, something like that. But um, I, I never never made it a point to watch it if it was on i'd watch it um whereas south park i'm like it's wednesday i gotta watch this new episode guys um so that's where my bias lies but i'm I'm glad i definitely made the top 25 uh kevin any thoughts on the simpsons i guess i'm in the minority i've never owned anything that had simpsons on it whatsoever um I didn't watch it as a kid. I didn't watch it as a teenager. I don't watch it as an adult. Uh, Doesn't Conan write for it now? Uh, he used to. He doesn't. I, I, I'm with DJ and Amanda. I would rather watch South Park. Um, I'm not surprised with its longevity and how much acclaim it gets. It's an easy pick for everybody to put uh, on top. I think there might have been a couple people that didn't get to help us create our top 100 animated series list that they felt left out so they wanted to give some extra love to some animated shows um no but this this definitely deserves to be on the episode today i don't know if i put it ahead of three or four of the other shows we've talked about though yeah i think it's a little a tattoo i do think it's deserving of, of top 10 not just because of longevity because with an animated show you're kind of you have a you know kind of an unfan advantage there a, a little bit but its first 10 seasons it's were were brilliant were some of the best tv ever and it gets kind of a label of like dumb similar to south park where it's just like bark jokes but simpsons at itself too was i would even argue at times smarter than that of south park when it was at its best when you had some of the people like cone and dana gould it was more layered to it like south park is is certainly uh great at, at the as a satirical force but i think what simpsons had too was it was able also to humanize its characters in a way that that south park couldn't and honestly i think if you add ask matt stone and trey parker they would tell you that south park's the better show as they shown the simpsons did it episode where i think it was definitely them showing so, some love for the simpsons and kind of knacking on the family a little bit but uh I, I do agree it's probably I don't know. Four is a little high. I think it, it has the fact that it's been on for such a long time. It certainly has impact on it for sure. But uh, and it's you know can't deny it's iconic and also gave us some pretty awesome Sega Genesis games. So it's a market game. <laughs> so can't 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 deny that either. So all right. Well, we're getting down to the very nitty gritty of this countdown as we're getting into our top three. Three. Coming in at number three, we are getting possibly our last modern drama uh, as we're getting, say my name, you know my name, Breaking Bad coming in at number three with 1,549 points. Highest ranked, this again was number one for three people, it was on 18 lists. You know, DJ, let's start with you here. Thoughts on Breaking Bad falling in here at number three? Uh, Vince Gilligan, man, I just one of the, uh, he, he's... I mean, this guy went from X Files to, to he probably did some stuff in the middle, but to have X Files and Breaking Bad on your resume ain't too goddamn shabby. <laughs> and uh, I only knew um, Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle, so when I got into this show, I was like, "Is this a? Com- I didn't know what it was. Is this a comedy?" 
And now Brian Cranston is considered one of like one of the finest actors we have working right now. And this his turn, his arc on this show, because I at the time I was stupid, I didn't understand what the the point of the show was. But probably around the end of season one, I was like, oh, I know where this is gonna go. This is showing how this guy essentially breaks bed. How this guy goes from this put upon Charlie Brown esque person who's dying to this arch villain essentially (laughs) the origin story of a super villain you are not some hardened criminal walt you are in over your head that's what we tell them that's the truth it's not the truth of course it is school teacher cancer desperate for money okay we're done roped into working for unable to even quit you told me that yourself walt jesus what was i thinking Walt, please, let's both of us stop trying to justify this whole thing and admit you're in danger. Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. I, I, Breaking Beth's great. Aaron Paul, he, this is probably the best work he's done. I'm not a big Aaron Paul fan, but this is where he's tolerable for me. Damn, damn sure ain't Need for Speed, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have so much, so many great performances on here by very good character actors, and it's just a good Ryan Johnson's directing episodes. Ozymandias may be one of the greatest drama uh, episodes for any show. So yeah, Breaking Bad's an amazing show. I I, I, I think this. I, I think I probably I can understand it being this high. It's it's I I I don't know if I have it. Oh man, top three. Ooh, it's, I mean, it's a great show. I don't. It's 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 tough, but I mean, it's undeniable how great Brian Cranston is, and how great the writing is, and how great the direction is of the show and oh, the story. Kevin, yeah, definitely. Kevin, any thoughts on Breaking Bad falling here? I would have expected this to fall along with all the other ones that we were talking about, with The Wire and West Wing and Mad Men and Twenty Four. I'm surprised that this one has separated itself somewhat from the group. I, I guess I'm just not uh, keen enough on which ones of these shows people like the most. I've heard way more good things about The Wire than I have Breaking Bad, so I'm I'm not shocked wow. that it's on the countdown. I'm not shocked that it's in the top twenty-five. I think number three is kind of pushing it. I I don't know. I don't I don't think it is, honestly. I think when you look at character arcs, I think Breaking Bad may have one of the best in, in yep. TV history uh, by far. It's a show that certainly takes its time, but legitimately, the words tread lightly. Like that, there's <laughs> so much. Like I couldn't tell you just the. But you had Meyer and West Wing ahead of this, didn't you? I did. I did. I had this at ten, but I I I, I don't. I think three is. I don't think it's pushing it. I think it's a top 10 show for sure. Doing research, I saw nearly, like, this was one top one on a lot of other lists in top five. I, rarely was it outside the top 10 for most of the lists that that I saw. And not not to mention, Brian, you know, going at the accolades again, Brian Cranston. It's one of the first shows to benefit from the Netflix, Netflix effect where the ratings were kind of, like, you know, minuscule for such a long time. 
but as it's kind of word of mouth spread, it, it's series got thrown on Netflix. People caught up with it. So it's last season was like ridiculously high rated when nothing else before that actually you know, was up to that level. So I think a show that definitely benefits from, from marathon wanting watching and similar to the wire to show that show that certainly it takes its time. It lets things develop. But like I said, that those words tread lightly. It's just, I could not tell you just the satisfaction uh, of what that felt like hearing those words in, in that moment. Cause it was, unexpected so it kind of maybe ruined it a little bit but it was just i don't know it just showed you just the trajectory of this character and when he went in, in heisenberg but uh i mean I, I mean i could see some people saying it maybe it's a case of what's recent but i don't know i i think looking at again the talent that's involved here when you have the director of the next star wars movie yeah. directing breaking bad I, I think if anything it's it's only gonna rise because people are gonna be like oh that's where I mean, Ryan Johnson did things like Looper and obviously and uh, Brick, but certainly has his impact felt here. But uh, Amanda, any thoughts on Breaking Bad? This is one that I, I've only seen the first two episodes and I couldn't really get on board. And I, I know that there's such a widespread love for this show that at some point I'm going to have to to catch up with pop culture and and get on board with the show um i think i had this in the 30s um simply because of the following i know that it has um i i think if it's worth it this is one that i'm i'm definitely gonna have to throw on the list from this list that i haven't watched that i need to the first season definitely even it's very you know methodical pacing wise yeah. so i think it that that can turn a lot of people off to i think having high expectations for anything and i think the danger with TV, and what we could probably talk about this more in a wrap-up episode, is that the opinion of it is so varied that it's almost impossible to... I feel like no matter what show you're going to get, maybe in a, a, a few people are going to throw that it's too high. <laughs> you know, once you get into the top five, it's almost like there's a it, it gets dangerous no matter what you're picking. So. <laughs> All right, well, we have two shows left. Uh, let's see what's left in the countdown. Two... Before I rank number or reveal number two, I didn't want to. I didn't emphasize this enough, but number four was fifteen hundred and forty-eight points. Number three was fifteen hundred and forty-nine points. <laughs> number two is fifteen hundred and fifty points. So in these yeah. three spots, we went up three points to show you how close this list was. Where the you know difference between two and four very close to one another. So it's it's razor sharp here. And, uh, you know, Seinfeld was not that far behind with 136. So when you're getting into this top five, again, we're hearing a lot of debate here because I think there's no universal thought. But I think I don't think we'll have any issue with this one coming in at number two, though. Some people may say it's not high enough, but I'm glad it at least made it this high. Coming in at number two, we have MASH with 1550 points, like I mentioned, as highest ranked as number one. So it was number one for one person. It was on 20 lists. So. Uh, Breaking Bad was three top three for three people. MASH was only top one for one person, but it was on more lists. So, again, a benefit of having uh, a lot of people loving it and additionally to being ranked high. Kevin, I know you thought Breaking Bad was too high. Are you okay with MASH falling here at number two? It's interesting, the the, the shows that have been on 20 lists, because it seems like there's only Muppet Show, uh, Star Trek, and MASH. <laughs> It's an interesting collection of shows that, and there might have been a couple other ones, but uh, I'm not surprised this is in number two. I would not have been upset or raised a stink if it 
no matter where it landed in the top 10. Um, but I think it was expected that it would be somewhere in the top 10 just for what it was, um, its style of comedy, its uh, award acclaim. I think it was nominated for Best Comedy every single season it was out. It was in the top 10 of ratings, 9 out of its 11 seasons. Uh, and everybody knows MASH. It has probably one of the most popular television episodes of all time one of the highest is it still the highest rated episode of all time it's the highest rated yeah tv show of all time still to this day yeah so i mean there's no arguing that it belongs in the top 10 i I think as far as where it places in the top 10 it just depends on who you're pulling and what they're uh what kind of things they put more stock in where some of their personal bias kind of land but i i think number two is pretty impressive for us with uh kind of the, the different trends that we've shown in, in the overall list that we still have this at number two. I, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with that. I, I guess if you consider this a, a sitcom, would you say this belongs, looking at it probably being ranked as a really a high sitcom, would you say that's correct as the, the highest ranked sitcom? I, I think that's tough. I think you, you throw in I Love Lucy and All in the Family in that conversation as well. And it, it, I could see people making debates and arguments for all three of those. Um, I'm not sure which one I would land on. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on MASH? I remember this show as a kid watching it. Um, all I really remember, though, is Alan Alda, <laughs> his character. No, seriously. It's, it's Honestly, I have not watched MASH in over 15 years. So what I do remember recently... I believe it was recently. Wasn't there an article somewhere online where it's like, hey, the MASH theme song actually has lyrics, but it couldn't be played on air. Yes. <laughs> uh, suicide show, is painless was the line they got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those shows again that I'm going to have to go back to uh, and and see if, you know, as an adult, I really get what was going on with that show. Uh, DJ, any thoughts on MASH? Well, uh, I remember the Korean War. No, um, <laughs> I, 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 it was I'm not, not a... nearly as bad as. The War of <laughs> oh God, the War of eighteen twelve was rough, but the Korean War was a little bit of okay. No, um, I'm not, I was never really a match. Did Igabod Crane join us on this show? This isn't Sleepy Hollow. Perhaps I did join you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I was I never was a big MASH fan. I, I was a comic book reader, and I remember there was a guy named Hawkeye, and I, I realized he wasn't <laughs> the Hawkeye. I was like, oh, what the hell? But no, no, but Alan Alda was the only person, like, I think he was, like, the, he was the George Clooney of MASH. <laughs> because without the, without MASH, there is no, really there is no yeah. ER. It's a very precursor to that, where, you know, it's a medical show, medical comedy, but they did have very dramatic moments in it. But I, I, I never was a big fan. But the records it, it still holds and has broken and what it did and how it influenced the, the country and stuff like that is you, you can't deny it's undeniable. So, yeah, being in number two, I, I can understand. Secretary, stop. Yes, please. Potatoes? Fine. Cream corn? Thank you. For the entree today? Here it comes. Steady. We have liver or fish? I didn't hear you say that. Because it isn't possible. It's inhuman to serve the same food day after day. The Geneva Convention prohibits the killing of our taste buds. Easy. I simply cannot eat the same food every day. Fish, liver, day after day. I've eaten a river of liver and an ocean of fish. 
I've eaten so much fish, I'm ready to grow gills. I've eaten so much liver, I can only make love if I'm smothered in bacon and onions. Are we gonna stand for this? We're gonna let them do this to us? No, I say, no! We're not gonna eat this dreck anymore! We want something else! We want something else! We want something else! We want something else! Yeah. I, think I don't think you can get a show that's better at mashing that of drama and comedy better than that of mash. I think the episode that... <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, mashed potato mash. Yeah, that uh, was and, an unintentional pun. Wow. And I'm going to eat some mashed potatoes. And that's, uh, while I talk Puns about mashed um, Wow, that's, it's late. Sorry about that. Um, Frank Castle needs to hunt you down for that one. Uh, we go way back. We go by, way, way back. But, uh, yeah, so I, 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 the, first, the episode that comes to mind is like the one of the first episodes I saw, maybe, which was bad because I know it's looked at as one of the best with the the chicken episode and i think it was way too young to watch it and it's still kind of uh if for those that don't know i don't want to spoil it but basically it's it's rather shocking but very poignant at the same time you know we talked about it you know had a hundred emmy award nominations which was weird less than cheers but still uh I'll, you know in, in, in its 11 year run it won tons and tons of awards it's peabody's to writers guilds awards its impact on TV is undeniable, and I think to this day still is is recognized as, as such a phenomenal show. So I do think like you know, Mash is one where you like Kevin mentioned, you place it within the it has to be within the top ten someplace. I'm happy we I got so much love. Some people may have just ranked it off reputation, which happens, but I, I do think it's deserving. And it, I I am wondering if people are kind of scratching their heads at what could be number one because I was kind of surprised at what it ended up being. But I don't know. Any thoughts before we move on to the final? Number one in our town. This is, we're, we're on the brink of everybody getting upset yeah. about it's shows okay. that don't make Airwolf, it. Airwolf is a very good show. I'm telling you. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Just say it. Go ahead. All right. Well, uh, it, it's all come down to this, as they say, as we get into the last of the countdown. And one. I know. I, I feel like we need some sort of drum roll or something of that nature. To put in some perspective, number one, it obviously had the most points. It was on the most list. It was only a number one for one person, though, but I think it benefited by the fact that it was on 22 list. Coming in at number one, we have Caroline in the City. No, that's... Oh, boy. I was about to literally <laughs> jump out of the window I'm looking at. I'm, that was on the opposite end of the top 100. I stole Kevin's joke from last countdown. <laughs> well played. Uh, what? <laughs> no, really coming in at number one, live from New York, it is Saturday Nights, as in Saturday Night Live, coming in with 1,563 points. Again, it only beat MASH by 13 points, so that's really one person ranking it over another person making it this high. Like I said, it was number one for one person. I know, it's dangerous calling any show the best show of all time. Uh, I mean, there's certainly some argument here for Saturday Night Live. We've but you can kind of see this coming if you saw how much love sketch comedy's got. So uh, let's see. Let's Kevin. Let's start with you here. Thoughts on seeing Saturday Night Live being at this end of the countdown? I, I think it benefits from a couple things here. Uh, I think the arguments for it, obviously, longevity. I mean, it's been on for forty seasons. That's uh, not a lot of shows can say that. Uh, number two. Everybody can remember at least one sketch from Saturday Night Live that they really love or one cast member or uh, loves a cast member that went on to make, you know, 
a series of movies, there's different decades, there's different, you know, casts that people can like point to. I think if anybody's going to make an argument against it, it might be to a consistency level um, and, and kind of play into what DJ was saying along with some of the other sketch comedies that maybe like with a Chappelle show or something else that was more consistent as far as uh, number of good skits and that type of stuff. So, I mean, I think maybe some people could point to that as an argument for maybe not being number one, but I definitely can see with the number of sketch comedies that we've had on the list that this one would be at the near the top and uh, a pretty obvious pick for, for number one once we saw everything else that had been revealed. So um, I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't know how people will react to this one. I, I can see it being ranked. I had it in the top 25. I had it at number 24. So I'm not super upset with it being here. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't personally put it at number one, but I can see the argument both ways. Amanda, you had it so not far off, so happy seeing it here at number one. Um, Yeah, my number two slot felt good for this, but um, not a big surprise to see it at number one. Uh, skills, just saying on my part. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, there's no way that you can deny the power of the show. Um, and like Kevin said, the cast, the, from the different um, casts that they've had, there's so many... Um, iconic faces that have come from the show um and all the skits and you know just because they're not all the best skits doesn't mean that it really does take away from the show it spawns some movies that i love a night at the roxbury is one of my favorite movies ever <laughs> um the ladies man no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> nobody was expecting those two movies to be done no, i know <laughs> 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 I really love Stuart Saves His Family. That's my favorite. The other thing that this uh, series did is because it's been on for so long and because it's a live show, it also has kind of a historic thing, too, where it's been around for a lot of different events. You think of the episode, you know, around 9-11 or different things like that. So, I mean, it's also had uh, something to say from a cultural standpoint, too, um, and kind of the role that uh, a television show can play. But I didn't mean to cut you off, Mandy. Keep going. She did. <laughs> even even bringing it today in um I, I saw an article about what they did in response to um the horrible stuff that happened in paris how their or their cold opening um they opted out of um doing a funny sketch and they did a very serious tribute and it was perfect it was really really well done and it, it shows the sensitivity of um the people who are are um who are putting on this this production and as much as they will poke fun at donald trump and whoever they can um they do take on some some issues that i think are are relevant and need to be at least made light of sometimes and 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 shows compassion where you need to do mike do you think saturday night live deserves the top spot that we've awarded it yeah i do because if you think about this I'm going to make a 20-year-old movie reference here. This is oh. essentially television's version of Mr. Holland's Opus. In Mr. Holland's Opus, you had four different decades or five different decades of music. Look how many different decades and different hosts Saturday Night Live and, and cast members Saturday Night Live has had. Whether it's you know Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase, whether it's Eddie Murphy, whether it's Chris Rock, whether it's Daryl Hammond. And, and, Look at everything, you know, Will, Will Ferrell, you know, look at everything that this show has done, and how can you not say it's a number one show? I mean, 
It's touched everyone's life over the past 40 years, one way or another. Welcome. How are Welcome, you? Pete. We like the name of your store. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, did I pronounce your name uh, correctly? You sure did. Pete Schwetty. Well, Pete, Terry and I have been looking forward to having you on the show because we know you're the master of all kinds of Christmas goodies. Tell us about them. Well, there are lots of great treats this time of year. Zucchini bread, fruitcake. But the thing that I most like to bring out at this time of the year are my balls. about your balls, Pete? Well, over at Seasons Eatings, we have balls for every taste. Popcorn balls, mm. cheese balls, rum balls, you name mm. it. Wow. My mouth's watering just thinking about those balls. <laughs> it's been years since I've seen any balls. Would you like to see my balls now? Yeah. yeah. Whip them out. DJ, any thoughts on Saturday Night Live? I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't have it at number one, but it's, it's, it's changed the landscape of comedy. It's essentially a breeding ground to maybe the greatest comedians we've ever seen, from Eddie Murphy to Bill Murray to Gilda Radner. I mean, it's, it, Robert Downey Jr. was on Saturday Night Live. Chris Rock was we on Saturday We don't want to remember those years. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good or bad, he was there. You know what I'm saying? So the, the, Lauren Michaels was essentially like, if you're, if you're funny... You're, you're, Lauren Michaels knows knows you you exist. He's finding you. You know what I'm saying? Or if you have any type of talent. And I, I, when I we were coming up to, with the idea for our show, we uh, our podcast, we were trying to say, you know, we should do like cold opens like Saturday Night Live. You know, it, it, it's always in the back of your mind. Like let's do it kind of like Saturday Night Live, or it, it's always the baseline of comedy shows or sketch shows. It's like, okay, we're 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 like the black Saturday Night Live, or we're the weird Saturday Night Live, or. But Saturday Night Live is the baseline for, you know, sketch comedy and maybe comedy. It, it, it's it's got to be up there. But I, I don't think I think this might be too high for me for as great a show as it is. And I, I remember hearing uh, that that show was going to they were going to stop that show right around the time Eddie Murphy came on and Eddie Murphy essentially like saved that show. So but it's longevity makes it great. It just I, I don't know if I'd have it so high, but it, it again, it, it's impacted everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't. I had it in my top ten, but I mean, I don't know when you get this high, it's almost like I said, impossible really to yeah. say anything deserves it really. But I don't know. Like we mentioned, longevity and because it's a sketch TV show, does fit into the mold of what we like today. Like I don't watch Saturday Night Live when it's on, but I'll probably catch it on Monday, YouTube like, like this week, week and yeah. like watch it on YouTube and the digital shorts, and it really fits in kind of. It's almost like ahead of its time in that way, and. It's it's always had to try to evolve. Sometimes it's taken too long, but you know, again, like Kevin mentioned, the one knock on it is probably consistency because there are some years that are not that great. Yeah. But it's I was watching I forget what it was, but I was reading something that mostly like universally the people people think the best years of Saturday Night Live are the years that they were in middle school. <laughs> like and it's and very rarely do you hear Saturday Night Live is the best it's ever been. It's usually like it was better back then. And then it's like, it was better back then. It's just this continuously thing because, you know, during the Adam Sandler years, like in like during that, you know, 90s, early 90s, late 90s, like that was never looked at of as 
all that phenomenal, but a lot of people look back and think it was great. So it, it's just the product of the fact that a lot of the bad sketches go away, and a lot of the great ones still, you know, to this day, ring supreme. And I think you too kind of see the love for it when you see something like the 40th anniversary um, episode where you had all these people coming back and celebrating it in, in that way. So it, is it number one worthy? I don't know. I, I don't know necessarily I've ever watched it and, and thought this is the best TV show of all time. Yeah. But I think there is an argument there. I don't think it's necessarily all that outrageous, but uh, I don't know. All right. Any other thoughts on on Saturday Night Live before we take a break? All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll just do a little roundabout of the, the countdown so far before we lead into our final conclusion episode next week. I'm Colin Baker. My name's Fraser Hines. Hi, I'm Daphne Ashbrook. This is Andrew Cartmel. Hi, this is Colin Spool. Hello, I'm Simon Fisher-Becker. This is Ian McNeese. Hi, this is Travis Ritchie. You listen to this Mark Who Listen to Mark Who 42's Universe. If you're into Doctor Who, listen to Mark Who 42's Universe. We always have the latest Doctor Who news, reviews, and interviews. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Cast Radio Network and our home base, markwho42.net. Mark Who 42, the meaning of life. Hi, this is Greg. This is Chuck. And this is Dan. And we are Talking in Circles. Because the world needs another podcast, we are here as GeekCast Radio's newest edition. And, as the title says, each week we get lost in conversation about a wide range of topics, including movies, comics, games, art, TV, and even occasionally sports. We play games and discuss pivotal topics like who would win in a fight, the Kool-Aid Man, or Tony the Tiger, and examine the hot-button issues of the world of geekdom. We keep things fresh by taking timeless topics in new directions. We are simply three friends having a fun time talking about life's most fascinating foibles. Stay connected with us every Tuesday on iTunes or at GeekCastRadio.com. All right, so we the countdown is over, and I'm sure we made some people angry, made some people happy. Uh, it's kind of the nature of this business, really. Uh, DJ, you're the guest here, so let's get your thoughts here on the overall countdown of today. Uh, you know, what, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm upset the wire's not number one, so I'm going to be very selfish. <laughs> and uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's 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 the way this is formatted. You're really going to get uh, a, the way we did the voting and stuff. You're really going to get like a. It's, it, I did not know what was going to happen. Which usually you go, go on one of these list things and you okay, it's going to be this, this, this. I had no idea, and everybody has an outlook on different things that influence them and things that they have to put there because it's great and you have to put it there. But I, I, I'm happy The Wire got up this high. I'm happy The West Wing got up this high. I'm happy The Muppets got up this high. And there were certain surprises that, that were higher than them, like Saturday Night Live or Twilight Zone for me or Star Trek for me. But I, I think it was good. I, I'm, I'm a little despondent. I wasn't in the, the, the bottom 100 because there were some <laughs> that were there. I wanted way, way higher so I could argue my piece. <laughs> but no, I, I'm curious I, to what those might, might have been. Curious what Mr. Those <laughs> Robot. I'm sorry. I <laughs> you wanted number one. We know. We know. <laughs> you wanted it like actually just a countdown, a top 100 where each one is Mr. Robot. Yes. I was going to have episode one be number one, episode two be number two. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, thoughts on the countdown as we have finished it up? With our finally revealing our completely one top 100. 
It's interesting to say the least. As I've said before, it's probably out of the three that top 100s we've done, it's probably the most interesting. I think the top 10, a lot of people that have been commenting on the website, they're going to be pretty upset because their predictions did not come true. Uh, I'm all right with it. Hey, at least my number one didn't even make the list, though. <laughs> so there is that. You're not- no, hey, I'm I'm glad it didn't make the list, honestly, because it's one of those things where I wouldn't have to worry about it falling in the 90s or the 80s or whatever else. And everyone can just calm the hell down because not even Walker, Texas Ranger made this list. <laughs> There's actually, you're not the only one. A few number ones did not make the list. We can kind of talk about that at the, the final episode. But uh, Amanda, any any specific episode show that surprised you, good or bad, as we got into the top 25? Um, I'm also one of those people's their number one didn't even make the list. Super sad, but um, the episode, uh, this episode as a whole, I'm glad that so many of my higher ranking shows did at least make the list. Um, you know, there's there were so many surprises along the way that I'm I'm not really sure. And of course, there's a ton of my favorites. Elf didn't even get a mention. MacGyver didn't get a mention. Um, so I think there's going to be some interesting talks um, in the wrap-up episode. Uh, Kevin, I know we had a lot of modern stuff. We still had some modern stuff today, but you, you're at least happy we got some classics in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, for a long time I had, uh, what, 70, 80 of my shows that weren't even mentioned. But uh, I think I ended up 50-50. 50 of my shows made it, 50 of my shows didn't. So I guess I can't complain too much. I'm glad that we did get some love for some classics. I think we definitely have some explaining to do for a few select classics that did not even make it in the top 100, which we'll obviously get to in the wrap-up. But uh, a little surprised at the number one, but I had it definitely as one of the ones that was going to be in the top 25. So just the exact order kind of shocked me a little bit, but uh, I I was pretty right on with most of the shows that I thought were going to show up in today's episode. So today's episode, I'm pretty happy with. Uh, I think there is going to be some interesting discussions during the wrap up though. Yeah. I think, you know, we saw some shows that came in the top 25 that shouldn't definitely not be there. Like we mentioned already daredevil, some things that may be too high, some things that may be too low. I love Lucy, for example. Yeah, I should definitely be a top 10, just saying that. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there. I know SNL being number one, like, I get it. Like, I, I understand why it happened. I necessarily, like, again, uh, it's more so when you when you do a list of this manner, the way we did it, it's where you have you know exposure, people being aware of something. And I think SNL being what it is definitely benefits and maybe... Uh, a little bit too much. I don't know. Be curious what people have to say. But we're not done with the countdown, as we've mentioned. We're going to have one more episode where we kind of reflect on it, look at what made it, what didn't, maybe give some honorable mentions of the shows that just barely missed the countdown, uh, maybe re- reveal some of the number ones that, of people's lists that you know did not make it, because there were quite a few. Uh, it, like I said, it, it took a lot to make the top 100. But no, if anything, I just want to thank all those that were taking the time to comment on the episode positive or negatively we, we appreciate the constructive criticism or the constructive praise ever way you want to put it but all right any other thoughts before we bring this episode to a close i'm just interested to get to the wrap-up so we can uh delve into this a little bit more and hopefully uh, appease some of the people that didn't get their shows talked about certainly certainly we've and we we talked about different ideas of approaching this and maybe doing it differently in different ways and seeing how that goes up but dj i'd like to thank you again for coming on uh mike and amanda and kevin as well but anyways we hope you appreciated and enjoyed our look at the top 100 tv shows of all time thanks for listening and remember always unleash the geek in you 
just listened to GeekCast Radio on the GeekCast Radio Network. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. First, visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can comment on all of our different podcasts. Second, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. Third, follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. Fourth, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradio. Call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for and your name. So until next time, unleash the geek in you. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit ChesterbrookAcademy.com. That's ChesterbrookAcademy.com. Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trade-ins. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may owe up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required.